Hey guys, brand new podcast, fully loaded. That's all you need to know right now. June 16th, South Bend, Indiana. June 17th, Louisville, Kentucky. Dayton, Ohio. Rochester on the 19th. That's Father's Day. Get your father a Father's Day gift and bring him out to Rochester. Greenville, South Carolina, June 23rd. Bristol, Tennessee, the 24th. Lawrenceville, Georgia. And ending in Brandon, Mississippi, our comics. David Tell, Joey Diaz, Fortune Feimster, Shane Gillis, Nikki Glazer, uh, Taylor Tomlinson, Chelsea Lynn, Mark Norman, Big J. Oakerson, and Sal Volcano, who's a guest bear coming up, by the way. Uh, that's all you need to know. That's all you will hear from me. Two weeks in June. Two weeks in June, fully loaded. I am planning this to be the biggest party of the summer. I have doors opening at five. I have not announced that, but doors will open at five. We want you to get there. Come in. We've got a bunch of activities set up, possibly a live podcast, possibly some disc golfs. Get a few cold beers, maybe a snack. Pace yourself. Show starts around seven. We go bam, bam, bam. Intermission, bam, bam, bam. Boom. End of show. It's going to be a fucking blast. I will see you on the road. Fullyloadedfestival.com. Let's start the po- let's start the podcast. This lady needs no introduction. Uh, I did not expect this conversation to go where it ended up. I'll be dead honest with you. We were talking we were talking about Jackass. I'm everyone knows the new Jackass is one of my favorite movies I've ever seen. I talked about it ad nauseum on Two Bears. We have a bunch of the guests, bunch of the people from Jackass coming on, and we're starting with Rachel Wolfson. Rachel is a comic. I know her boyfriend Matt Edgar, so it was a very comfortable reach out. We got in touch, and I said, I'd love to have you on the podcast. She is the, we find out, the second female cast member ever on Jackass. We talk about that. We talk about her experience with Jackass, what it was like being a new cast member, what the movie was like, what it, how it affected her life. We talk about her stand-up, how she got into stand-up, where she's at with her stand-up, where she wants to go with her stand-up. But most importantly, we have a very fascinating conversation, I'd say the last 45 minutes, about a, 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 a boarding school her parents sent her to when she was a senior in high school because she was acting out. And and it is um, it's one of the most interesting conversations I've had about an experience like that. Very traumatizing. Paris Hilton had a very similar experience. We talk, we talk about that. And I've since watched Paris Hilton's documentary. I've started watching it. But uh, it is a, an amazing conversation. She is an awesome, awesome, awesome person. And absolutely hilarious. Let's just start the podcast. You know her from Jackass, the newest member of the Jackass crew, Rachel Wolfson. This is I cannot tell you how much I love Jackass. Oh my gosh, did you see 4.5 yet? I just watched it today. So good. It's so fucking good. It is, is so, it is so fucking good. I'm obsessed. I, I don't think you understand how obsessed I am. <laughs> well, I listened to the episode you did with um, Tom Segura where you called uh, Steve-O, right? You oh, yeah, called, yeah, yeah. I just got a text from Johnny Knoxville oh, yeah. yesterday. Love him. He, uh, he just texted me and was like, hey, man, I, uh, I uh, saw a clip where you were talking about me on a... Um, podcast mm-hmm. and he was like i t- just so you know i totally remember you <laughs> it's so good to see you go- uh, having- did he really tell you the the idea of jackass yeah 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 like yeah back in the well, day? all i remember all i remember you know memories are so fucked up for me i i, I remember very little it, it sounds crazy i just did an interview and i can't never remember people's names i can never but the things i remember I, I remember him saying 
He was going to be um, shot in the chest with an arrow, with a crossbow. Oh, yeah. That he was going to be shot by a gun. He was going to be tasered. Those are what I remember him saying. I don't remember. And I, I remember, and this is, I think this might be clouded in what I what I saw happen. But I remember him talking about uh, 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 the American flag mm-hmm. and, and, and just like great, you know, like Americana. I remember that. Um, and then most of what I remember is him showed me, he showed me. Uh, CK1, CKY videos uh-huh. and we sat in a bus outside the Lambda Kai house me him and another guy I wish I knew who the other guy's name was so I wonder if it was a guy that one went of the on, guys yeah. I, I wonder now Damn. Um, but I, I, I didn't I, I don't remember if I knew him as PJ or if I knew him as Johnny Knoxville I think it's weird when people call him PJ he signed off to me PJ yeah he was like it's good talking to you or whatever pj I, I like have a hard time calling him pj yeah i'm just like he's knoxville to me yeah you know? <laughs> it's 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 such a uh i don't want I, I i i gotta talk to, i want to talk to you a lot about jackass because it's it's the greatest it is the greatest movie franchise ever made I agree. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna say that yeah i'm gonna stand by that yeah not one movie i don't think has brought me as much joy as that does even watching 4.5, which is mostly behind the scenes. Yeah. I was laughing fucking hysterically. It's so good. I was laughing hysterically. I have so many questions about it that we might as well start there and then go. Because if I feel like if I don't start there organically, then we'll never get to like, because you're a stand-up. Mm-hmm. And so that, which is so interesting because no one else on that crew is. Well, yeah. Well, Steve-O is now. Well, Steve is. Oh, my God. But he didn't start Steve-O, off. I'm so sorry. He didn't start off as um, no, he didn't. a stand-up. He didn't. He started off as uh, as Stephen was was so- a clown. He he went to clown school. Yeah, yeah. But um, but so what was it like? What was the whole casting like? Because I know they were reaching out to find new people. Mm-hmm. Like, how did they find you? Um, I remember it was a couple years ago, and oh, one day because right, because you started the filming mm-hmm. in twenty nineteen in twenty nineteen. Yeah, I started stand up in twenty sixteen. I remember a Laugh Factory video of mine. I think it was my OJ joke. They posted that maybe 2018. And I got like 15,000 followers from um, my one clip that got posted. Did your mom really put OJ in jail? Yeah. So wait, your mom's a judge? She was a judge. um, Now she's a private mediator. Really? Yeah, she was the judge for the memorabilia case. For real? So out of Vegas? Was she out of Vegas? Mm -hmm. Did you grow up in Vegas? Born and raised. In Las Vegas? Yeah. What the fuck? I know. How does that happen? I'm a desert hillbilly. <laughs> I don't know. I think my parents just took jobs out there and stayed and and then they they thought it was like a nice place to raise a family. Like born and raised in Vegas. Yeah. Brothers and sisters? I have a sister. And everyone's normal? She's normal. Well, they're they're normal. I'm not normal. <laughs> I don't think any of she us. She went she went to she went into law. She's a lawyer as well. Really? So, yeah. What was it? Is your dad a lawyer? Yeah, he's the district attorney of Las Vegas. Really? Mm-hmm. So, wait. So, what's that like? Because my dad's a lawyer. Really? And arguing with him was a fucking nightmare. Oh, yeah. Because I don't know if he did it for fun or if it's just his nature. But whatever point you had, he would prove you wrong real uh-huh. quick. Even if he didn't agree with it. Oh, wow. It would, And, and so adversely, I have a hard time talking about politics or anything, taking a stance on anything. Because I grew up with someone who, who knew how to confuse you Mm -hmm. and so i don't like when they talk about uh 
you know, every comic's got a take on the trans swimmer. I just go, I stay out of it. Yeah. I, my dad will tell me I'm wrong. Oh, totally. I mean, there's just certain things. It's like, I'm th- these are way above my pay grade. So like, I can't, <laughs> yeah. I don't have an opinion. Um, yeah. But yeah, they, they, um, they're all really normal. And then I got into stand up after failing everything, every corporate job. You know, I, I went to college and Where'd you go to school. Um, I went to several different schools. <laughs> I tried out, uh, I went, I went to a college in Vermont. Um, and then I graduated from there and I went to school in DC for a year and everyone was smarter than me. And then I transferred down to a school in Florida where everyone, where? um, was dumber than me. <laughs> no, I went to Lynn university in South Florida. We don't know Lynn. It's a small, uh, liberal arts school. It's near FAU. Okay. I was going to um, say FAU. That's where yeah. I was assuming down in Boca. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, which I, I had the best time there cause it's, it's South Florida. Um, but I, I really actually enjoy going to school down there because a lot of my professors were retired professionals in the field that they were teaching. So, um, which I thought was really cool. I went to school for communications and had a lot of professors that were journalists or worked in, in the actual field that they were teaching. So oh, that's really cool. Yeah. Um, and then I just worked in the restaurant industry pretty much since I was 15. So that's whenever I wasn't working in a corporate job, I would go back to the restaurants. Um, I wish I'd learned how to work in restaurants. Yeah. I never did. Yeah. I just fucked up. I oh. just fucked up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, I think it just takes a certain personality to want to put up with people's bullshit. And I think and I'm too certain- selfish. Yeah. <laughs> like I remember, and I just, and I don't have, I, I'm, I'm lacking the decorum mm-hmm. of presentation for your meal right. to make you feel special. I make, I let you know, I want you to feel comfortable. Right. And and I think most people would just want to feel special. Well, I, uh, a little bit of weed, you know, and I was like the best server. Really? No, not really. I forget. (laughs) I forget the specials. I, it was horrible. Um, but yeah, it was, so I started stand up in 2016 and then basically three years into doing stand up, Knoxville slid into my DMS on Instagram after following me. And, and I think just like, seeing all the content I post, which was very Jack, you know, I have a lot of butthole humor and (laughs) dick humor and, um, all that, all that good stuff. Um, so yeah, he sent me a message. I believe it was like spring of of 2019. And he was like, Hey, you know, I, I have this idea. Can I call you? And I thought I was being pranked because, you know, um, and then I gave him my number and sure enough, it was him on the other line of, of, you know, of the phone. Hi, it's, it's Johnny Knoxville. <laughs> um, and that's what initially he was like, it was going to be some kind of anniversary special. Like he didn't tell me it was going to be the movie. Um, but he said it was something with jackass and an anniversary. And is this something I would be interested in? And I was like, hell yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, and then he was like, well, great, let's set up a meeting. And I probably like two weeks later, I went in for a meeting with him and Jeff Tremaine, just the three of us. Can I ask you a weird question? Yeah. I, I, I know Johnny. I know Johnny uh-huh. a, a little enough to know that, that this is not his angle. But yeah. as a hot chick, do you, do you <laughs> ever feel like or there's, he's trying to fuck me? Um, You know, I I guess like never in this case because it, there was no flirting. Like it was very like business from the beginning. Um, And I just never got that vibe from him do you, have you do you, can you have you gotten that vibe from dudes though um i've i feel like my experience in comedy has been kind of unique because i really feel like 
like my male mentors, like I have Felipe Esparza as a mentor of mine. Um, they've been very good to me. Like they don't, I've never, I haven't been made to feel uncomfortable. Yeah. And I think that's because I've tried to always lead with comedy first and like hot girl second yeah. and, and like make even the hot girl try to make that a funny thing. Cause, um, I never want to be seen as just a hot girl by yeah. any sense. Uh, I, 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 this is going to sound crazy. <laughs> I have thought everyone that ever reached out to me, men have wanted to fuck me. I, I could see that. Every time a guy reaches out yeah. to me and goes, hey man, I think you're funny. We should do something together. I go, uh, <laughs> he's trying and, to fuck. And, and, and this list is long. I mean, it's long and it starts with like Elliot Gould. Like, mm. I mean, he was the, the kindest guy. And the second anyone ever reached out to me, I was like, they just want to get my pants. Like oh. that's, and it's so funny. I don't know what's wrong with my brain about that. But I know for a fact if I was a, even a, by the way, I'm not even a remotely hot dude. Mm. But if I, I, even if I was a remotely hot chick, I would be like, I'd be like, I'd be so skeptical of everybody. I think I was just skeptical in general because it, you know he's so iconic that I didn't think it was real. So um, until you went into the meeting, until I went into the meeting, and it was it lasted five minutes. Um, it, because we're we're all bad at meetings <laughs> and uh they were just like hey we're we're shooting you know the movie that's when they told me it was the movie would this be something i would want to be a part of and i was like absolutely and then i left that meeting uh like that was the most surreal thing that ever happened to me and then i called my mom and i told her what i i was going to probably be working on jackass and she was really concerned. Well, okay. Well, she, obviously, <laughs> yeah. she's, I mean, she's a mediator. Yeah. She's, her brain thinks, her brain thinks insurance, her brain mm -hmm. thinks all the things that I now think of now. Like when I watch Parks Bonifay go off that, uh, off that ramp, I go, oh, there's a lot, there's so much that could go wrong. Right. In any one of these stunts. Did, what was your mom's main concern? Nudity? Uh, that was my initial concern. Um, but I think uh, hers, they did you so solid. I know. Well, that's they did the thing, you so solid. Is it's not funny for me to get naked, like because Jackass is like, it's all about the funny, you know, and yeah. and it is. I think male nudity is hilarious. I think it's fucking so funny. I was just thinking today. Thank God they reproved that showing your dick. So, that that was a that was a style of comedy for the longest uh -huh. time. When I was in college, to get naked at a party wasn't threatening to anyone right it was oh shit someone got naked and went down the slip and slide yeah it's like it's not sexual it's, just it's not like it there is a way to sh and there's i mean obviously if you if it's like i showed steve-o my dick right, right? and it was one of the funniest things we've done <laughs> i've ever done with steve-o my entire life yeah the, the back and forth of can i show you my dick and he goes yes and i go wait and us debating you can't say that anymore because consent that's well you ask no permission can, no but consent doesn't matter well it's a, it's about a power dynamic uh, and, and steve-o was on my show and he was in my thing of right. course he has to say yes and, <laughs> and i said in order to see my dick you have to say can i please see your dick and then i know you're consenting right but the comedy in that yeah is, it's real mm -hmm. and and to just say hey guys keep in your pants no one wants to see it is is yeah i understand in a private intimate manner but there is a, a whole genre of comedy that is the jackass brand mm -hmm. that is fucking hilarious. A hundred percent. When 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 I cannot tell you how hard I laugh when I realized that was Pontius's dick. Oh yeah. And the and the amount of like 
um, they had real professional cinematographers, you know, award winning puppeteers, you know, handling yeah. Pontius's penis. So, um, yeah, no, um, there was no shortage of uh, a detail or anything that. But can I tell you, can I tell you a little detail that I thought was really fucking. Tell me. Uh, uh, impressive about the crew, the the shooters for Jackass. Mm -hmm. You, um, you eat the sushi. Mm hmm. And you raise your hand, and there's underboob, mm -hmm. and the camera went up to hide it. Uh -huh. Did you notice that? I noticed when we saw, uh, when we went over to watch 4.5 at Tremaine's house, that 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 my shirt had come up, and they definitely cut away to that. I think yes. it was just a poor wardrobe choice on my part that day. Um, but yeah, it's there's they protected you like a little yeah. Sister. There's there's. We as a society, I think, in a, in a, especially American culture, um, for women to get naked, it's not going to be funny. Like it's we are not, not we are not as evolved. We're not there yet to find women being naked funny. Not saying that it yeah. can't happen. I think that I think that the female body does have comedy. I mean, there's so much change when a woman gets when a woman gets older and pregnancy. But that's not. Is there humor to that, or is it? You know, yeah, it's, why it's, is that? Why is what is it that is it because no one wants to see a dick? I, you know, I don't know. I think I just think the penis is so funny. Look, like I, I actually there was a whole Reddit because I made a comment about how I find, you know, I find penises to be funny and I don't mean it in a degrading way. I mean, I, I love men. I, I'm attracted to men. But yeah, I think penis humor is is very funny maybe because I, I have like a five-year-old sense of humor yeah but there was a reddit all about how um it was it was a men's rights reddit which is hilarious to me about they were upset that i they found it degrading that i found penis humor to be funny and i'm like well i mean i just that that's so idiotic to me well, and, they, and their thing was was well women's vagina like if we said that about women's vaginas i'm like Men make fun of women's vaginas all the time. I yeah. mean, I don't know. I just think that there is something about a, the penis that's that's funny to men's me. rights activists are ridiculous. <laughs> they're just they're just fighting to fight. They all all they want is look. Oh, that just is so silly. It's like the guy that goes and protests Eliza show. She does girls nights only. But oh, if yeah. I did guys nights only, then then you'd protest me. Okay, man, whatever. Dude, fucking fall in love, yeah. find your chick, focus on you, right. get yourself healthier, read some books, do some gratitudes, go to a gym, get your head straight, and fucking live your life. Like, I'm so shocked at, at, and I'm sure male rights activists will light me up. I don't really give a fuck. I'm like, I'm like it's, it's such a silly... I mean, it's just, you know, comedy is subjective. So to me, it's like what you find funny, I may not find funny and vice yeah, versa. But I 100%. think universally, if you're a jackass fan, fan you find the male anatomy Dude, to be and hilarious. Everyone in, in a jackass good way. has the perfect dick size. Yeah. Like no one's too big. No, you're right. Because... There was a sketch you did with Knoxville in the in the wheelchair, mm -hmm. and the one old dude had a hog, yeah. and that's all I kept looking at. And then I'd see the little guy with the button in the back that's more <laughs> like me, and I go, "Put him up. Why is he not up front? That's the guy. I want to talk to that guy. The confidence that guy had <laughs> with that elevator button of a dick, and he was just like, I don't know. We don't all know. need that confidence. You should have seen it in person. I mean, it was um, that was just such a hilarious 
day of filming. And uh, yeah, those those guys were good sports. It was so so you get the call. You've you've been doing stand up for three, three years? years at so, this point. So quick. Such a baby. So we not uh, not to digress, digress so bad. But so when you get done, Jackass, do are all the clubs like, hey, can we get you to headline? No, <laughs> really? I mean, I in L.A., I don't know if it's because I started in L.A. and they um, I don't know if it's if, if there's something that comes along with where you start. But like where you start never sees you as a headliner. Right. So, I mean, I've been getting up a lot in New York and I'm starting to get more headlining dates and things like that. But I, I either co-headline or I do the and friends thing because I just don't have an hour yet. Well, and and, I, the, and that's normal. That's normal. The and friends thing is completely normal and acceptable and is the best way to grow as yeah. a comic. I and mean, that's all I'm, I'm t- like for all these people who are coming to, and just seeing me as a stand up. Um, I, I'm not saying, Hey, I'm the best stand up in the world. What I'm saying is follow me on my journey as I grow into becoming the stand up. I want to be that. right. We're, by the way, I said that on my first special and not everyone followed. <laughs> <laughs> and then on my second people, I got some people to follow, but not a lot. It's like, you just, your, your goal is a stand up. And my, my goal, I remember, uh, when I first started selling tickets, I thought if next year I can just sell like 10% more tickets, mm-hmm. like maybe do. 10% more business. Maybe if that means like ad late shows in on Thursdays in in like half the markets, then that's a that's a growth. Right. And um and all you want to do is just have that little bump every year where things are getting better and better. The end friends turns into a co-head line. The co-head line turns into you get to do Thursday, Sunday and feature in the in the in the weekends. You don't I mean not to digress about like lectures and how to do stand up, but you definitely there's a very minute few who can be thrown to the wolves at a young age and go, I'm ready for it. And right. but when I say minute, I think it's Amy Schumer. Yeah. I mean, Amy Schumer, I think had been doing stand up like a year. Oh, wow. When she won last comics or came in fifth in last comics. That's insane. Right. Hey, find out what that is. I mean, Amy Schumer, Eliza Schlesinger have been doing it like, and by the way, they're both very talented. Yeah. And, but, they also are they're also fucking I, I mean this in in the best compliment i could possibly say very fucking bullheaded tough-assed people who are were going to succeed in whatever they chose to do right um uh, well you look it up while we talk so i um when i started stand up i i fell in love with it and i i knew immediately like okay whatever this is i want it for the rest of my life and this is what i want to be doing Did you start in vegas i started out here in okay. la yeah um which is why i think the clubs have a hard time you know seeing me well you know i i get some love from the improv so you know i i actually started as a bartender at the improv um i actually started working doing social media for levity and i um i actually uh, I remember the first time I saw you, Bert, in the main room at the improv doing the machine. And I was like, my mind was blown. Really? Oh, yeah. I was. I mean, I it solidified my my Bert fan as oh. right then and there. But that was I was just working as a, a comedy club employee at that point. Yeah. Um, but I finally was like, OK, I want to I want to get into stand up. And I was doing mics behind the bar. 
at the improv because I would be bartending the open mics and I would just they would hand me the mic. I would be behind the bar. No one would hear me. You know, that's great. But I told myself that I'm going to immerse myself. Um, I'm going to be relentless with this. And I never got into it because I wanted to be an actor like I was I got into it because I, I love stand up and that's what I want to be. I think that's the I mean, I, I mean, I know that's the healthiest reason to do it because if it, it looked, it works both ways. But I think that if you're looking for something else, if I'm, if I'm getting married, looking to make more friends, that's not, you know <laughs> right. what I mean? But if I'm getting married because I want to fall in love and I want to build a family, then, then it works. Right. And if you get into stand up because you actually love getting on stage and holding a mic and coming up with jokes, that's the fucking secret sauce. That's all you need to know. Right. People always. I, and I think that's what made so many people unhealthy in the late 90s, early 2000s, was there were people getting into stand-up because they wanted to be movie stars. Right. And and I, I don't think that, I don't I don't know. You still I, see a lot of that in, L, in L.A. specifically. Like in New York, there's everyone's trying to do stand-up to do stand-up versus in L.A. I feel like people try to get into stand-up because um, they think it'll help their acting or it'll help, you know, their confidence or whatever well, it's, else. It's, it's, that's that's uh, generational meaning la had a uh la had a huge moment mm -hmm. uh that new york didn't have and then now new york's having that moment okay so like la had that moment when podcasting showed up and you had people go from uh i, I can say myself included go from zero to 60 miles per hour within a three-year period and get a bunch of opportunities because we all lived in la get opportunities like making a movie about a story you told on a podcast mm -hmm. or 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 uh, or sitcoms or whatever or hosting shows or a bunch of things and new york la's that's what la's business is la's business model is to make movies television and whatnot so and we lived out here and new york was kind of in the dark during that period meaning like 2009 to 2000 I mean, not, not in the dark there were a lot of guys doing it but they weren't doing it the way we were mm -hmm. and there were a lot of people uh shitting on podcasts where they were like yeah what am i gonna get a podcast yeah like an la comedian and there, <laughs> that was my generation that lived in new york right that was my generation not my generation maybe a little older that lived in new york that's not saying there weren't people doing it bobby shout out to bobby kelly but like but like uh but now new york's having like a serious moment of and it's all dudes self-producing yeah. their specials putting their specials out murdering on podcasts mm -hmm. knowing the business in that they're coming out to la well not in la as much anymore but like doing the rounds doing the podcasts and and they're just and and by the way they're focused on stand-up and they're murderers yeah and, and and look this is how it works opie and anthony had a mo open anthony that generation mm -hmm. that had a moment and then that kind of went away and then the rogan moment happened in la and then he moved to austin mm -hmm. the new york moment's happening and who's not to say the next moment won't be out in austin or won't be in seattle or won't be in la or won't stay in new york but it kind of is is generational and cyclical and it's also um because of obviously podcasting and the internet it's more in the artist's hands now to determine your success versus having to go to a club and being discovered you know, and, and hanging out for years and hoping that someone sees you. Look at me and you. Right. We each had, I mean, you could argue this. We each had one joke that changed things for mm -hmm. us. Right? One joke. For you, it's your joke about your mom. Knoxville sees it, calls you. Boom, you're in a movie. And literally, it is the best movie that's been made all year. <laughs> I'm, I cannot stop saying that. It is my favorite movie I've seen. I love it. And, and I, I'm, we'll, we're talking, we're going to talk more about the movie in a second. But like, but but for me it was the machine story and then it goes viral and then 
all of a sudden I can sell theaters. And you just got to just don't, the old motto was like, like to, to walk away from whatever was working and keep creating, but it's okay to acknowledge something that worked and go, Oh no, I'm grateful for that. And I'm not going to ignore that. I had a friend tell me, oh, I, was, I don't know if you know this, but I was written up in Rolling Stone. That's how I met Johnny Knoxville. Okay. I was written up in Rolling Stone magazine as the number one party animal in the country. Yeah. And then, and I remember wanting to distance myself from that. And my buddy Grimes, who's not the brightest guy in the world, I love you, Grimes, big <laughs> pothead. I remember one time he said something about, do you ever uh, think about that article? And I said, no, as a matter of fact, I don't even like talking about it in press. I kind of wish it had never happened. And he went, what are you talking about? He goes, if that article hadn't been written, you wouldn't be out here. And he goes, and if you weren't out here, I would have never moved here. And I bet this person would have never moved here. And I bet this, he goes, because you moved out here, we all thought we know someone out here. He goes, man, don't ever distance yourself from that article. You should be grateful that article was written about you. That moment, that's probably 20 years ago, changed the way I looked at that article. And I went, yeah, man, you got to be grateful for everything that happens because mm -hmm. everything's a part of your journey. Right. And when you say that, to the fans listening, there are people listening right now that are like, I guarantee you, and I know I know people listen to this podcast, they're like, you know what? I'm a fan. I'm a fan. I like what she had. I like the way she's looking at it. <laughs> I'm on her journey. Follow, follow. Yeah. And then they're, and by the way, they're not going to be ride or dies for another couple of years until they see something again where they go, God damn it, man. Her fucking stand-up's gotten great. Fuck, I got to go see her live. Or maybe, maybe it's tomorrow. But that's the cool thing about this business. I don't know. I've had too much coffee today. So Amy Schumer have been doing comedy for three years. You've been so holding she, on to that this oh, whole wow. time. I'm like, I don't want to forget. People were like legendary. Yeah. But Amy comedy, Amy Schumer have been doing it for three years. That's what I love years. about stand-up is if you are meant to be in comedy and in stand-up, and if you work hard, things will happen. Yeah. It may not be three years. It could be 10 years or whatever. But I really do feel like if you are a funny person, you do get you see little successes like men. You'll have mentors come into your life. You'll get taken on the road. You know, doors will start to open for you. And that's kind of how I knew, like, I'm supposed to be here. You know, yeah. this is where I'm supposed to be finally, because I until comedy, I just was really lost. I, I had no yeah. idea what I was going to do with my life. I love when they go the last show on radio. So if you weren't doing stand-up, what would you be doing? And I go, I'm selling carpets in East Georgia? Yeah. I don't fucking know. Working at the restaurant. Yeah. I don't, like, I didn't have a plan, bro. Mm -hmm. Like, I didn't have anything. This podcast is brought to you by Helix. I fucking love my Helix mattress. I just shot a video for Helix. By the way, it takes two minutes to take their sleep quiz, okay? They have a two-minute sleep quiz. It matches your body type and your sleep preference to the perfect mattress for you, which we did. Now, I've never done that before. My, I told you, the one sleep... Helix we have is at the front bedroom. That's where Lee Ann sleeps because I throw up in my throat and breathe it in my lungs. But but I take took the sleep quiz and I, and it found out I was matched with a soft mattress which I had never thought about sleeping in. We've got we've got new mattresses and I got the soft something soft one. I fucking love this soft mattress. I've never slept more better in my entire life than in this fucking mattress. If you're looking for a mattress, you take the quiz, literally two, literally two minutes. And for the record, if you watch my video, it takes two minutes to assemble the bed. They show up to your house in some in a box with some plastic, you get two free pillows. There's a 10 year warranty and if you don't like it, after 100 nights risk-free, they're even gonna pick it up, but you're gonna love it. Trust me, you're gonna love it. Helix has even financing options, flexible payment plan. So a great night's sleep 
is never too far away. Uh, watch the video on my Instagram, and, and you'll see how easy it is to set up these mattresses. And I'm telling you right now, it's the best night's sleep I've ever had in my life. Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows to our listeners at helixsleep.com slash bird. Attention listeners, are you ready to be blown away? You asked for it and they listened. Our friends at Manscaped have just relaunched the ultra smooth package. It's back, baby. Your new favorite tool and compliment to the lawnmower 4.0 to keep your boys smooth while looking and feeling their best. This specialized groin shaving kit is here to help you buff, protect, and shave your most sensitive areas. It is time to crop that bush ears and get rid of the roots with a discount just from Manscaped. Get 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code BERT. I'm telling you, the lawnmower 4.0 is next level. It is all I use, and it's all my wife uses, by the way. My wife has her own lawnmower 4.0. I have my own lawnmower 4.0. Gives you the nice, classic, smooth. You get the loose hairs out of the way, and then you can take out the Manscaped Ultra Smooth Package to make sure your package has the perfect package this summer. You Step two, use a crop exfoliator. Infused with ingredients that can smooth, clear, and keep the skin on and around your groin feeling refreshed. The crop exfoliator can help reduce the risk of ingrown hairs to your delicate places. You need that. Crop gel, step three. See, when you're shaving with our unique shaving, clear shaving gel just for the groin with our step three, crop gel. See what you're shaving with your with our unique clear shaving gel just for the groin. With the four essential oils, it's like a spa treatment every time you shave. Step four, it's time to shave. Crop shaver. It was designed for shaving the groin area with confidence. Three precision blades include a extra wide lubricating strip and a pivoting head, the ultimate groin grooming experience. Crop shaver is not your average razor. It's smaller, it's thicker with a micro comb bar that allows for the best shave possible from any angle. Beach balls are meant to be smooth. Now yours can too. I am telling you right now, I was in the sauna and I've been on the road for so long and I said, I haven't shaved my balls in forever and we just got our Manscaped package. I am telling you right now, I am doing this. I wish I could shoot this and put this on my Instagram. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code BERT at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code BERT at manscaped.com. Smooth out your fellas with the relaunched ultra smooth package from the fellas at Manscaped. Your balls will thank you. I saw in 4.5, they did a test shoot. Mm -hmm. Did you do any of the test yeah. shoot or were you after the test no, shoot? No, I, I was a part of the test shoot. Okay. And so then at that point, did you know they were doing the movie or were they still just trying to figure it no, out? No, they told us like um, beforehand when I went in for that meeting with Tremaine in Knoxville that it was the movie. And then, um, and I, at that point, when they pulled me in for that meeting, I still didn't know what they wanted from me because I'm a girl and notoriously Jackass has not had women except for... I think in the television show years ago, there was a woman named Stephanie Hodge. She wasn't officially a cast member. She was friends of the cast, which is what they've constantly incorporated different kind of friends in, in, um, you know, the group and whatnot, but she got severely hurt. And they, they said that, well, one, she got super hurt and they couldn't use the footage, which is awful. What happened to her? Um, she did a, some kind of stunt, I think with Dave England, I think it was either a bobsled. You could look it up. Um, I think you can look up what the exact stunt was, but she ended up, I think, breaking her collarbone or she got severely injured that um, that she she went to the hospital, I believe, and they couldn't use the footage. 
Yeah. So um, they they vowed not to bring girls in because that you know seeing women get hurt is not funny. Female, um, the lost female. Her name is Stephanie Hodge. But yeah, they um, they I think it was. I love Knoxville. that you just. I love that you're just cruising through it. You're you're reading it right, Halston. Okay, good. Yeah, because I'm like I can't catch up with that. Yeah, it was a snow. Yeah, it was like some kind of um. Uh. The mattress shot down the hill, hit a snowbank, and launched Hodge into the air. She landed very hard, snapping part of her spine and pelvis. Right. Whew. So yeah, she. I think she had to get airlifted, and oh my god. And ever since then, you know, they they vowed to not have girls. So when they pulled me in for the meeting, I'm thinking, oh, I would love to be a part of, you know, any if you have any writing sessions, I'd love to join in on that. Um, and they were like, okay, so they from that point on um by the way all anyone's doing right now is googling to see what stephanie hodge looks she's like. beautiful i bet she she's is. gorgeous because everyone on jackass is kind of attractive yeah um she's dope <gasps> oh my god she's fucking gorgeous yeah. oh she's my god and and that's the thing it's like when if she, when she got hurt you know it's not funny to see i think there's a line with women like and that's we're, we're evolving too. like we can see women get hurt because women can handle pain but like where is that line where it becomes not funny anymore like you guys can break bones and we're like ha 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 you know oh i did we did <laughs> we did a uh, uh i used to do a show called birth conqueror which was like i do extreme adventures or what i don't even know what the fuck it was ride roller coasters mm -hmm. really is what it was but every now and then for the third act for the fourth act third act we would do an extreme event uh, it was the third act, in, but it was th act three and four. And so um, we did a shovel race one time. You know what that is? No. So you get on it. You sit on a snow shovel okay. at the top of a mountain on on really on, on, like, a, on like a green, like a blue, like a really tame yeah. slope. But you put the handle between your legs and then you lift your feet up and you just fly down on, this, on, a, oh, wow. on a shovel. And you get, oh. you, you can type in Burt shovel racing but it's you get going like 80 miles an hour i mean you fucking fly i don't know if you're gonna oh, that's luck. wild so it's very jackass so there was this young lady who was um who did who did it for espn her and her sister her and her sister had a a blog called the traveling converse maybe mm -hmm. there's two traveling chucks the traveling chucks See if you can find them, the traveling chucks. They were had Chuck Taylors, and they just yeah. traveled in a van. And they did this. They did video content for and wrote series of articles for ESPN. And one of the sisters is at the shovel race, and I said, "Are you doing the shovel race?" And she's like, "Yeah." And I was like, "I was like, oh, cool." And she goes, "I said, what's your game plan?" And she goes, "Oh, just fucking pin it." And I went, "What?" And she was like, "Do you find them, sisters of the traveling chuck?" Is it? It's from 2016. Mm -hmm. Can you find out what those girls' names? I'd love to hit them up. I haven't talked to them forever. So, um, she goes, "I'm just gonna pin it." And so I was like, "I was like, oh, hey, just so you know." And this has always been my thing with television because I've done a lot of really dangerous stuff. I've, I was like, uh, "50 percent looks like a hundred percent. Like you don't have to go. Like it slower is better because you're gonna do it twice. You're gonna do it three times for coverage." Get your shots. Get right. your wides. Get your get your tights. Get your get all your shots. And do it again vomit. and let them do it again, and then find out what you don't have, and then cover it. 
And she went down and fucking pinned it feet up. And she caught an edge and they pulled her off on a backboard. <gasps> and it was not funny at all. Uh-uh. And, and I ended up busting at the end. And I hurt myself, but not bad. But everyone was laughing yeah, hysterically. Yeah, it's hilarious. For a guy to get hurt, there is something inherently funny. However, say, saying that, you getting stuck in the face by a scorpion was <laughs> fucking awesome. Yeah. It was awesome because it, in a weird way, it screamed of equality. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. And you licking the, licking the fucking taser. Mm-hmm. I mean, for some reason, we watched it in a hotel room. And I, I was like, I kept saying, like, where, where, do they, where do they put her in? Where's yeah. where's the acceptable? Because there's things that simply you can't do, and then there's things that, like, because we've known, I can't remember who I liked the most. If it was Danger Aaron, is he the one that the yeah. bear the bear attack? Yes. Because we know him so well, yeah, we know we're okay with it, right? Like in a weird way, right? It's like watching your friend get hurt, and you know you've known this person. You can laugh it off. I'm a new person. I'm coming in. I'm a woman. And the thing is, is like I do think that men and women, like women, can do anything men can. But should we? You know what I mean? Like, is right. that is that like? I I don't want to like. I don't want like feminists coming after me for for being like I don't think women should get hurt and I'm not saying that I just think that there is always there's a line with us and I think society you know like when it comes to women getting hurt I don't know if we'll ever want to see that as a society like I don't know if we'll like in in like hurt like what you're saying where you know bones are broken when it comes to the see I think that's where the line is when it comes to the taser and the scorpion, the thing that worked was seeing that I was okay. Yeah. People I've read through some of the comments and the reactions. Some people love that. I didn't react like a little bitch, I guess. And then others were disappointed that the reaction wasn't in so much pain. And it's like, well, that wouldn't have been authentic to me if I, I've, I made this grandiose reaction. Like how I reacted was how I was feeling in that moment. And there's you know? also a weird thing of you're talking about a group of guys who've had 22 years mm-hmm. to learn how to react on camera to pain. Right. Like you, oh, Steve O's such a fucking pro. Yeah. That when that guy ripped, when that hawk ripped his eyebrows off, yeah. <laughs> he, his eyes opened it in the most comedic way possible. Right. But Steve O's also not had eyebrows before, so he's well aware that his eyes are gonna pop. Yeah. Like there's a lot. Like Steve O's not a moron, and I, I know Steve O. Yeah. Pretty well. He's not a moron. He knows comedy. Right. And and he and so like so to go and put your face in that fucking thing was fucking hilarious. Oh yeah. And it's and it's so much of it's you can't you can't produce. Well, the other the see the that scorpion that is right there. It's that's not even the most painful scorpion they shot with three different kinds of scorpions. There was one that was smaller and more translucent that hurt. It was the most painful thing I've ever experienced. <laughs> um, so yeah, if you see a scorpion, the smaller ones are, are the ones to look out for. The taser, people notice that um, there's two different tasers in the shot because Jeff Tremaine is famously known for wanting to shoot it again, you yeah. know? Um, so we shot with one taser and the current wasn't that powerful on like when we got the shot and he was like, let's shoot with another taser. He didn't tell me it was more powerful. He actually lied and said it, it wasn't. And it was so, um, so yeah, uh, it's so, so did, 
Did you have any, and I, this is all I could think, because I, 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 it's funny watching this. You see Eric Andre do it, and you know Eric Andre's produced these types of shows, these prank shows, and, and that's, did they, did they have a thing not to prank you? Uh, they did prank me actually. There's, um, there's a sketch or there's a bit where the, there's glitter and I got glitter and paint bombed and I, I should have known that day because when I got to set, everyone was being super nice. Like Knoxville immediately came and got me. He was asking me about my day and I was like, why is he being so nice to me? (laughs) Not that he's not, but yeah, they, they got me. Um, I, I, uh, yeah, I mean, again, you have to be not to say that you know, it's, it's not fair, but you have to be, if, if you have to be aware, is it, I don't know if, if me getting pranked in a mean way is funny. Like it's all getting, about funny, well, right? You getting, you getting punched in the face, getting coffee is probably, and they break your nose. Isn't the funniest right. thing in the world. Right. So, so there's, but so there's certain things, I guess they can't like you going to the bathroom and then them blowing up the stall and then you come out and your pants around your ankles right and you're like there's something in my vagina exactly like isn't the fun i mean that bit. would be hilarious but like there's so much that could go wrong there you yeah. know um but when they when they called me in for the meeting that was that was what was like what would they what do they want me for and so i actually did end up getting to sit in writing sessions because when the um when we shut down because of covid um we continued writing ideas so i met with them a few times and um zach shimi was my bit that was what i pitched oh for real it was it was initially naked sushi is what i pitched them was uh we eat sushi off of preston and zach's naked body i couldn't watch it there's certain things (laughs) they're saying it's the grossest piece of cinema ever um Uh, i couldn't watch it so i'm happy to to be a part i started gagging on all my treadmill i started gagging going Mm -hmm. yeah and i and uh, I just, oh, I was just stoked. They like one of my ideas made it, you know, it's interesting to see how the, the production of that goes because the, the ideas are so comedic. Mm-hmm. I'm curious, like how how something where like the eel thing goes from, hey, we got an, we got an electric eel to we should get some dress. Someone dressed up as Benjamin Franklin. Hey, put a key in his ass. Yeah. And Science. then and then. How do they pick? How do they pick who does stuff? Um, I think there's some bits written for people, and then there's some uh, like you, they'll they'll present the bit and ask for volunteers. There are certain bits that ahead of time I would be I was willing to volunteer for, but Jeff or Knoxville would be like, "Don't volunteer for this bit." Like what? Um, I think there was uh, it was one of the ones where they get hurt i mean it was anything they really didn't want me participating in things where i could get severely hurt like if it was um yeah so ahead of time i would know mostly like where what i what my role was in the bit um yeah there were certain shoot days i just wasn't a part i mean they 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 cycle us through on shoot days only certain people are allowed to be on site i think probably because of covid and also because that kind of sucks a little bit yeah that was the big bummer is seeing that covid really right. fucked up production well they also like it not it they they had a lot of man on the street ideas for me there was a lot of stuff that i was gonna be in or could have been a part of but got axed because of covid pranking the public got so much more difficult um you know which is why you see the the irving bits that you see 
Um, and I always wonder what Jackass Forever would have been like if COVID didn't happen. But I yeah. mean, considering it, it's still so amazing, despite everything that was working against, you know, everyone. It is. I mean, I, 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 I could not wrap my head around the just how special that is mm -hmm. the, because it does deliver a real thoughtless sense of humor meaning like you don't like you know i watched ricky gervais's special last night mm -hmm. and i loved it yeah. I, know, I know you're not supposed to but i loved it <laughs> i haven't I, seen it yet it's really fucking good yeah. but you're but like my wife wasn't listening yeah and so she she was in and out and she was and i was like oh i laughed hard at a bit and she goes what what and i was like are you not watching this she goes i'm I'm doing something, right. but when I put on Jackass 4.5, you're forced to watch. But it also doesn't require you. It 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 does what comedy should do, which is takes you out of what you're doing, puts you into the moment, and allows you to 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 be involved in the immediacy mm -hmm. of comedy. And it's what live comedy does too. Yeah, when you're done watching Jackass, it feels like you're leaving Disneyland in a sense. Oh. I'm like sad it's over, you know. I was I, I, when you hear that, dun, dun, yeah. dun, I'm just like, oh man. There's also this bit um, uh, at the end when the credits are rolling. It's called Face Your Fears. And um, it's where you get on your knees and you fall face forward onto the floor. It was yeah. uh, like Ryan Dunn did this bit years ago. It was me and Manaka. And right before I did it, Knoxville was like, I don't, I don't think you should do it because I could get hurt. You know, I'm yeah. falling face. If I don't do it correctly, I'm going to hit my chin onto the floor and I didn't do it correctly. Like I, I turn my head. So I end up hitting my chin. And even if you look in the credits, they still don't, they don't like it. Uh, it almost avoids capturing like the moment of impact. Cause again, yeah. it's like, you know, is that really funny seeing me do that? And I, I, I'm glad they still included it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was, I was very much eager to participate. Like I, I didn't, I don't have a stunt background, but I'm very impulsive. Um, That's all you need. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think Ryan Dunn had a stunt background. No, <laughs> but I, I just came with the attitude that I'm down. I'm down yeah. to clown, whatever you guys want me to do. I trust these comedic geniuses, you know, and, and I just, yeah, I was down. How was the group? How was the group? Was there, and don't, you don't have to get too into the weeds of this, but how was the group welcoming the new guys with the old guys? Um, I mean, you could definitely feel the vibe. There was some resistance with some of the OGs with just bringing on a new cast. Well, even um, the whole BAM thing. Right. The well, whole BAM thing was sad to watch. I mean, yeah, it, like, it, I just wish him the best, and I just, I want to see him, we all want to see him, you know, be healthy and and make a a comeback um but yeah there was definitely this this sense of um i felt like i needed to prove we all needed to prove ourselves not not because i was a woman but because i was new well you're looking at it's there's a very there's a there's a proprietary thing over this and, I, and this goes back to the bam thing is like bam doesn't have a lot of outlets mm -hmm. i mean jackass is bam's thing yeah and and when they take that away from bam it's like taking stand-up away from one of us i don't have a lot of outlets yeah and so uh if you take stand-up away from me if you say hey man you're not allowed to go up to, at the clubs i think that's why what the whole thing about cancel culture is so 
so that's so what comics talk about because if you get canceled you have the fear of clubs saying hey man you're not allowed to perform here anymore and you go but this is all i got right and it's and I, that's the terrifying thing of it but when but i can see like like danger aaron i don't see him in a lot of other projects right. i'm sure he does other stuff i'm yeah. certain he's so good at what he's doing or pontius like you don't see pontius doing a ton of other stuff mm -hmm. jackass is their thing and they make great money off of it and they don't need to do other things i don't know what everyone's getting paid but it's i know it's fucking ridiculous money so i can understand i definitely understand the same way us old comics feel when you see a young guy coming and murder and you're like so i guess he gets the the nine yeah. o'clock spot now a hundred percent i mean you definitely i feel like you know i don't know if if they'll ever stop wanting to do stunts i think you know at a certain point their bodies are going to tell them whether or not they should yeah but there's always that desire right just like stand up we're always going to want to get on stage no matter how old we get it's um you know it's just does our body agree <laughs> with us would you do a I can, all i could think all i could think all i could think the whole time is a spinoff series called jackals oh and it's just women i mean you I know i would love it I think if that if that was a, an opportunity that presented itself, that that would be cool. They did have a series on MTV a few years ago called Rad Girls. That was, um, I think, a jackass inspired all it's girls. It's so series. hard. It's so hard. And one of the blessings you got, you and and uh, and Zach mm -hmm. and uh, I, I'm really bad with everyone's names. Poopies. Oh, poopies. Poopies. I love poopies. I fell in love with that. I guy. know. I feel like I feel like uh he's like he, like poopies could I don't know. I feel like you could see a lot of yourself in younger poopies, you know? Me? Or yeah, yeah. I yeah, like see yeah, a lot of yeah. myself in poopies. I feel like you guys could be like the same person. Uh, by the way, I kind of like I fucking someone was telling me I was having a hard time with money, and I was like, how do we make poopies money? I know. Like, that's all I was thinking. That's the thing, is like poopies is 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 perfect for jackass um and you know he's such a he's spicoli i mean like he said in the movie he just cares about surfing and picking up chicks you know when, when he when they did that blindfold race mm -hmm. and he goes yeah man i felt the marbles when did you put the rest of this stuff here? <laughs> he's like there was nothing there before it's like yeah poopies like he's so funny without so realizing you know how he's just so funny he's so funny he's so lovable mm -hmm. he there's so much good to poopies i, I was I, I was texting with him to to do his podcast yeah. he has a podcast yeah the shittiest podcast ever yeah yeah and, and uh and look i i just he was there's something really special about poopies that uh but but when when my point being like when you watch back to my my See, when you look at a thing like Rad Girls, I'm not shitting on Rad Girls. I never really saw yeah. Rad Girls. Or like the, there was one that uh, some guys did in Sweden, the Dudersons. Mm -hmm. The Dudesons. Dudesons. It was really good. It was really great. Yeah. But in a weird way, I don't know. You, you, you got to know a few of them, but you never not got to know them the way you knew Jackass. Mm -hmm. Like we intimately have an, we intimately as America have a, a relationship with Chris Pontius. We <laughs> intimately know him. And his him. penis. And his, but his, his sense of humor is so dry and so off. It's yeah. so weird. And like we man and, and and Preston and and Johnny Knoxville and like Danger Aaron and all these guys, you have an intimate relationship with them because you've watched them for so long that when you watch them welcome in you guys, mm -hmm. uh, it's like it's like you're it's like 
it's like your buddy going, hey, man, I want to introduce you to someone I grew up with. And you go, cool. And they bring you into the party and everyone's like, so you're the guy everyone's been telling us yeah. about. And so it was really, it was really cool. And you, and, 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 and I, I like, and that's why, I, and it's, and by the way, those are earned relationships and trust. And so that was the cool thing. So I think a spinoff for, for women would be great. But, but once again, to get that amazing chemistry, you're right, would be, would be tough. It is hard because I think that was what the resistance was from the OGs was like, you know, they didn't know what kind of chemistry we would bring, what kind of chemistry, like, would there even be chemistry? Cause they all got to pick and choose certain people. Like, even if you see 4.5, there's a bunch of people in the beginning who didn't make it till the end, just for whatever reason, you know? Wait, there was that. I, yeah. Wait, like, yeah, there was a few now that I said it. So I looked at it and all I was doing was looking for you when they were pouring yeah. hot sauce in the ass. I wasn't and I was there. Like, that, so the two, there were two test shoot days that there was a group of us shot one day. Um, and then there was the group that did, um, the hots. I wasn't yeah. even there that day. Yeah. So that was like the first bit they shot. I think I couldn't have done. I mean, I don't know if I would, I, if I would have done the hot sauce thing myself. Cause like I get people are like, you didn't even do the initiation, uh, 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 stunt. And I'm like, I wasn't even there that day, but I, I don't think I would have done that one. What was the, what was, was there shitty feedback that you get from like the, I can't imagine. I can't. But just so we're very clear, I can't imagine anyone that's because I'm I'm the age that got Jackass first. Mm -hmm. Like I was 26 when Jackass came out, right? So let's say you were 18 when Jackass came out. Yeah. You're a ride or die. Mm -hmm. Then right now you're 42. Right. And so if you're sitting online at 42, yeah, giving anyone shit, that is insane. Well, to me. I've been getting like I get a lot of really good messages and DMs, especially from young women who are feeling like they're seeing themselves be represented on the screen. Girls yeah. who like to do dumb shit. You I'm know? so glad they did that. And yeah. by the way, I'm so glad there are people of color in yeah. there. Black Shark's my favorite. Dark Shark's my favorite. I love Dark Shark. Dark Shark's my favorite fucking guy. Well, also, you know, Jackass is of the times. It's a reflection, I think, of our society and what's happening in that moment. And it would have been, I think... You know, it was a smart move for them to diversify the cast. It just it represents America as we are right now. Oh, I got a I got a perfect fix for hurting women. Yeah, trans, <laughs> it's equality. Trans women <laughs> and beat the fuck out Truly of them. Truly equality. Yeah, that's equality. Um, I bet I bet Chappelle would love that. I would that. love to see. <laughs> I would love to see a, a, a the first trans jackass crew member. Oh, I would I, love a I trans jackass be, member. That would be. That would be. I think. Uh, that would be the only way I feel like we could um, hurt both genders. You yeah. Know? <laughs> Equally. Just fuck up. That would be so just actually just make a whole trans jackass team. Let's just start over. You know, by the way, that would be that would be genius. <laughs> yeah, I, I guarantee you there's some I know I know a bunch. There's a fucking uh, I don't even like saying trans uh, anything because I, I I'm pretty like I feel like it's it's a chick, you know, like I know that. She's a comic. It feels weird to say like trans, like then you're identifying. Right. Like, I feel like you should just go, cause she's kind of hot. I, I understand she's trans. She is still pretty. She's a comic out of uh, Denver. Who's funny as fucking shit. Oh, Do you really? know what I'm talking about? Do you know her name? Uh, I don't, I don't. I'm so sorry. Right now is the time where you want to say the name. Cause they know that they're, Aww. someone's getting, calling them out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she, she's made me laugh. I've posted some of her stuff. Does she feel weird to say she is, just a, a chick you know well that's the thing about the fans right so like we have fans 
you know, jackass fans who are older. And I think it is weird for them to see a girl come in and, you know, be a part of the crew. And there's some people who have this narrative that I didn't do enough because I didn't get hurt enough. But um, it's like I, I let a, a scorpion bite me in the face and I licked a taser and I fell face for, you know, like yeah. I think I did enough. I'm also not a stunt person. Like that's yeah. not my background. And again, I think, you know, there's a line there where if I get too hurt, game's over that the, the shot is ruined. You know, the footage is is unusable. Um, so there's it's it's interesting to see the different pockets of jackass fans, you know, the ones that love me, the ones that hate that they diversified some. the cast. And it's like your racism is showing, you know, like it's yeah. it's uh, so, you know, I, I I take the good with the bad. Um, but I really uh, I really do appreciate, you know, the support. And I, I love seeing young girls, um, you know, stoked that they're being represented on on screen. So. Yeah, I, I bet you get a lot of I bet you get a lot of fan mail from like boys going like, "Hey, I'm a big fan. I don't know if what, you, what if you're with somebody." Oh yeah, I have a whole uh, Instagram account that I started where it's Wolfie DMs. It's just the direct messages I've been getting. Today I got a direct message from a guy who my mom sentenced to prison in drug court. He said my mom was a very nice judge though, um, but um, that that he was a huge fan of Jackass. Um, and I sent it to her and I'm like, oh yeah. Jesus. Oh, go to the first one about my booty hole. Go. If you scroll down. Oh, one guy was stoked that 4.5 is in, in, um, theaters. Cause he can just stay home and masturbate. I would eat cereal out of your asshole. You're a beautiful soul, beautiful woman, and very talented, which I thought was, um, such an, a it's nice so, compliment. It's so romantic. And I, and I think that it's such a great approach to, to how to get, Oh yeah, one guy asked DM'd me and asked if I would hit him, run him over with a truck. Which I was like, "How much money do you have?" Because you know, there's a great, there's a great, <laughs> there's a, I mean, there's a great angle of BDSM of you torturing, yeah, dudes and putting it on YouTube, yeah. Because that that you know that I, I think I'd seen that guy Zach mm-hmm. do stuff with Stevo before. Yes, he he was. He was angled into jackass way before. Zach was a, he was like a, a jackass fan. I mean, I was a jackass fan growing up, but I wasn't like, I didn't go into making stunt. Like, you know, we all grew up watching jackass. All of us, you know, new cast. Zach grew up watching jackass, but he wasn't allowed to because he grew up in a Christian home. So you have to sneak watching jackass, yeah. like watching porn. Um, But yeah, he, he um did a bunch of stunts. Like uh, Poopies and him are both like stunt kind well, I'd of people. i seen Poopies on Jamie O'Brien's mm-hmm. channel. Mm-hmm. And I'd seen him uh, do stuff. But it was always like, it was like, I, I mean, he's more of like a surfer. I think I saw him go surfing with Steve-O once. Yeah. I gotta go surfing with him. You should. His hand's back to normal after the, no. the shark. Bite. If you see in the intro of 4.5, he has like a shark puppet on his um, hand. Because yeah. he had a cast from, because when that's that happened during um shark week so wait it's back to normal yeah i mean it's back to as normal as it it could he's surfing again yeah yeah he's surfing again yeah good for him but his hand looks like a foot almost (laughs) they had to like reconstruct it i think they used like skin from his foot so yeah what a sweet guy he is what a fucking sweet guy good dude it was uh it's gotta be like it's gotta be surreal what was the change like when it aired did you feel it in the air like you go 
like sometimes when I, like when my when secret time aired i was in new york city and i was remember walking down the street and i was like and someone was like what's up bert i was like hey that never happened to me yeah. before and i was like how you doing and and then that day i went to the airport and they were like oh bert and i was like oh shoot i was like how how's everyone know me and someone goes front page of netflix baby oh wow and i was like oh yeah 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 and then i remember calling tommy i was like hey man is it is it did you get noticed when like recognized when you're on the first front page of netflix he's like oh yeah yeah that front page of netflix is a big deal uh-huh and i was like oh and it was very palatable like i I noticed it very distinctly yeah did you notice it like when you get brought on stage or when the movie came out when uh the movie came out we went to go see it in theaters and i was wearing a mask because we were still we still had to be masked in theaters and i was like no one's gonna this is great because no one will because i I have social anxiety too because do you really yeah i mean i have anxiety even performing uh, like i have stage fright i i conquer my like anxiety every time i get on stage really yeah it's it's um yeah i just i force oh, myself part i love the most i i, I force myself to, to do things that scare me i yeah. i just think that's that makes you a, a more well-rounded person yeah um and i it, i do it i keep doing things like i keep getting on stage in hopes that it will be a little less scary one day you know so when i when i started i i was no one's no one's I don't think anyone's a hundred percent comfortable on stage when they start. Yeah. There's so much, it takes a while before you're, I don't even know if you ever get there where your brain doesn't think at all. I mean, it does like even still, like I had a, I had a rough set oddly enough on the road recently Yeah, where I was like, was it me or them? Right. And, and I, at times I felt things dragging and I was like, God damn it, man, you're never impervious to this. But what I, you know, what I did is uh, I remember uh, going to the club when no one was there in the afternoon and getting on the stage and standing on the stage and trying to make myself comfortable standing on the stage yeah. and getting my body. Like, I never wanted to be in the time, like in the place where like I put my hand on the wall in a weird way. And I was like, this isn't natural. Right. Everyone sees. <laughs> what do I do with my stuff. hands? <laughs> yeah. So, so you still feel stage fright? It's, um, I think what it is, is it's. I honestly like I know bombing is good for me and it's it's, it's the best good thing in the it's, world for you. But like I the feeling I would rather do anything danger like anything I did over in Jackass versus that feeling of bombing. You the, know? mean the next morning yeah, when you wake up, you're oh, like, I'm man, in the wrong for a job. Yeah, it's I, I did a weed show the other day and everything was just not in our favor as comedians. Like the stage had a projector behind it. So like there was like snowflakes going on our face. There was no spotlight. So you can't connect with the audience. It's half indoor, half outdoor. There's, I'm being heckled by a dog. There's people honk, you know, which is, it wasn't the right setup. And I had, you know, I, I just had a rough set and I I literally started crying afterwards. And I'm like, man, I, I would literally let a scorpion bite me all over the face than to not feel this feeling right now. But I, I know it's good for me. So I, I just embrace it, you know, but, um, and, and just learn from my mistakes. So that's moving. the only way you'll, only way you'll succeed ever in stand up is by bombing. And that yeah. sucks. Yeah. But you got to bomb enough to know what it feels like, then get comfortable with it and then get, learn how to get your way out of it. And you, I think there's times I'd rather be bit in the face by a scorpion yeah. than do certain rooms. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know, like, I know like any corporate I do, I'd much rather be bit on the face yeah. for that money than get it, than do 100%. a corporate. That, oh. but so, i still love it so much you know so. well it's it's i mean it's i don't know it's the thing that 
it's like right now i i've been bored of my act for forever i feel like and i i know i need to get on stage it's number one i know four point jackass 4.5 it's so amazing number one in the US so oh yeah today. that's what i was saying so i got recognized at, we, i was coming out of the theater and people were recognizing me and then i probably like a week later i flew to new york to do press and these the flight attendant recognized me she had taken her daughter to go see jackass and she was like can i please get a selfie and i was like absolutely and i was like wow, wow. this is uh it's real let's see what the other top 10 are let's see if ricky gervais is up there yeah what are the other oh don't even worry about pulling up netflix we're never gonna see that um what a great fucking what a great profile picture of you licking the thank you fucking what a great <laughs> fucking profile picture. lighter don't even worry about it halston um ricky gervais special is so i'm gonna uh, have to watch it oh well it's i just watched a earthquake special it's awesome it's amazing yeah whoa 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 go back to your profiles who are your fucking profiles oh it's changes ah uh, we've been bumped oh wait okay oh wait no, oh, top oh. 10 movies <laughs> look at us old school top gun old school top gun what else our father toscana i might drink tonight <laughs> my weight loss has been stalled i think i'm gonna smoke weed and drink tonight hell yes this podcast is brought to you by bird dogs let me tell you something these are the only pants you're going to need this summer these are the best pants you will ever wear this summer they have an ultra 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 smooth liner that i love i can work out in them i can swim in them i can barbecue in them i can wear them to the country club if i was a member of the country club they're that they're that good looking what's even better is they have these joggers which i put on all the time you can wear them out i wore them to this kid's graduation the other night because they're sleek and slick, slick looking. You can wear them on an airplane. You can wear them to a golf course. I've golfed in them. But I'm telling you, they've got the same liners that the shorts have. And like I said, these are the only shorts you will need this summer. I wake up and we go out to the lake. I throw them on. I run in them. I go swim in the lake in them. I keep them on all night. And at the end of the night, I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to sleep in them. That's how comfortable these shirt shorts are. Go to birddogs.com and enter the promo code BERT. And they're going to throw in a free Bird Dogs Whistle football. That's birddogs.com, promo code BIRD, and boom, a free Bird Dogs football with your pair of Bird Dogs. You will not take these things off. I promise you. This podcast is get brought. This podcast is brought to you by Shopify. Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources once reserved for big businesses. So upstarts, startups, and established businesses alike can sell everywhere, synchronize online, and in-person sales and effortlessly stay informed. Scaling your business is a journey of endless possibility. Believe me, starting this podcast, I remember, I think we started out selling uh, selling flashlights, if I'm not mistaken. And now we're selling everything, clothes, uh, 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 electronics. We're selling literally everything. And we're not stopping there because success is a million milestones on a forever evolving path. I love how Shopify has the tools and resources that make it easy for any business to succeed from down the street to around the globe. Like mine, Shopify powers millions of businesses from first scale to full scale, reaching customers online across social networks with an ever-growing suite of channel integrations and apps, including Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, and more. Synchronize your online and in-person sales. Gain insights as you grow with detailed reporting of conversion rates, profit margins, and beyond. This is more than a store. Shopify grows with you. This is possibility 
powered by Shopify. Go to shopify.com slash birdcast, all lowercase for the birdcast, for a free 14-day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash birdcast right now. That's shopify.com slash lowercase birdcast. When did you start smoking weed? Um, when I was 19 years old and I, I was in college and a boyfriend at the time, he was a big stoner. Um, cause I was too scared to do it. Cause, cause your parents, mm-hmm, they told me if I did, I would die. If I, if I, if I smoked weed, I would die. And I, I really believe. That. <laughs> so wait, so my dad, my dad did the same shit Yeah, where he was like, he was like, first of all, it's illegal. If you get busted with it, you're going to jail. And if you go to jail, buddy, there's nothing I can do for mm-hmm. you. I, I'd love to tell you I'm going to help you, but that's the lesson you have to learn. And so I stayed away from marijuana. Like I did, I smoked it. I smoked it, you know, maybe 14 when I was in ninth grade. I smoked it uh, a couple times. And when I was 16, I smoked it. It would, you know, on and off, like maybe if it was around, we'd try to do it. But if I never owned it. And then when I was 16, like it would be like at a party. Right. And then when I was 16, I smoked it and I had a full-blown panic attack. And I didn't smoke it again until I was, I mean, I, I, oddly enough, I smoked it again when I was 17, had another panic attack. And then stayed away from it mostly until my freshman year of college. Freshman year of college, I smoked it a couple times. But throughout college, I wasn't a big weed smoker, oddly enough. I mean, there are times that I'd smoke weed. Right. I did mushrooms. I did coke. I did I did ecstasy. We, you know, we did everything everything else. We did pills and we did everything. But I, I was a more a booze guy. And I, oh, I, I, it was ingrained in me from my dad. Just something about drugs was ingrained in me. Right. And I wonder if we get that from our parents being a part of the judiciary systems. Yeah. I mean, I never really had, I wasn't a big drinker. Like I, I didn't really drink that much in college, but I did. As soon as I discovered weed, I became like kind of a huge pothead. Really? Um, yeah. And and my parents were the same way. They were like, if you get in trouble, you're going to jail, and we're not going to help you. That was always looming over my head. So I always had this guilt and shame doing it. You know that I I was putting their lives at risk and my yeah. career, whatever. Um. But yeah, none of that ever happened. I I did have the cops did show up at my apartment in Florida um, because they smelled someone had called the cops on me because they they smelled weed. And uh, after that, I was really scared to stay in Florida. So I I left not too long after. Really? Yeah. Because you're like, I'm not going to jail. I just yeah, I I was like, I, I think I need to move somewhere where my lifestyle is more acceptable. And so then you moved to. So I um I was working at a um for a a food company at the time. And I uh-huh. told my boss, uh, I was doing social media for them that, that I, that I wanted to move to LA and they, they were very supportive and let me still do my job remotely, but from Los Angeles. So I moved out here with a job. So wait, so I'm curious. I just recently started smoking a, a great deal. Uh, meaning like, uh, not a great deal, but m- probably more than I've ever smoked. Mm-hmm. And, and like, I bought my first ounce. Oh wow! And so, like, good for you. Babe. Well, it's Blue Dream, and so I love Blue Dream. Yeah, I fell in love with it. I remember the first time I smoked it, and I was like, I remember not having a worry in my mind, mm-hmm. and then and going and laying in bed and, and falling asleep, mm-hmm. and then waking up and feeling refreshed and going like, Burr. and then I was having a hard time sleeping, 
on tour and so I, I got a vape pen and that vape pen would let me sleep through the night yeah and i would be like wow i woke up refreshed and and then now i and now but i'm i go through i go through a weed shop pretty uh almost like I, it's my first time ever being there yeah. every time what do you how do you approach a weed shop do you know what you want mm-hmm. well um i used to work in the dispensaries out here really? i started yeah i i started before i got into comedy I was working in weed shops. Um, I worked in I, I worked in one right as weed was becoming legal here. So I got to see the transition from like giant jars and bags of weed to like the, the packaging that it is yeah. now. Um, I miss the giant jars. Me too. I do. I that was just such a part of weed culture in LA, and and that I feel like the culture is kind of. Um, it's it's gone because of legalization and you can't walk into a weed shop and smoke dabs in the back and you know there's every uh employee has like a college degree now yeah you know i the first first weed shop i ever went in like uh was in denver Mm -hmm. and he had a trash can Mm -hmm. and he took the lid off and wafted used the lid to waft it to me and i went holy shit yeah and i was like it smells like you just cut your yard like yeah and but so wait, what was working in a weed shop like? Did you guys get get there, get high? Um, I was, I was, I was definitely high at work. I, I felt like I was, um, you know, test. I was sample test, you know, testing the products. <laughs> um, I was, yeah, we're all, we were all high. It definitely got more corporate as time went on, and um, I stopped working not long after compliant, like uh, everything became compliant. But the way that I approach you know, buying weed is oftentimes I'll ask the bud tender, like, what are, what do they like to smoke? Cause if they'll know what's good. Um, yeah. but I do have my favorite brands. What are your I, favorite brands? Uh, I love this brand, Northern Emeralds. They're amazing. Oh, oh. And that's the people that make it. Mm-hmm. There's okay. seven ten labs. They're great. Um, alien labs is awesome. And, uh, I mean, there's so many good, it, that's just in California, in LA, there's, um, nature's chemistry, green life or Vegas, sorry. Vegas has a good weed scene. Yeah. They have nature's chemistry, green life productions, and they make strains and things that I just enjoy really? smoking. Yeah. And so do you like, what do you, do you smoke joints? I you smoke, smoke blunts and smoke joints. Blunts. Yeah. Of course it's, you it's smoke my blunts. nastiest habit. I think. Why blunts? I don't know. There's just something about the little extra tobacco. Like I'm smoking a cigar. It just. It, I have. Cr- I have El Bluntos. Have oh yeah, those are Blunto? dope. Those are dope. Yeah, yeah. I have El Bluntos. I rolled us a blunt too. I didn't know if you were day smoking today. Uh, I am supposed to. Uh, can I tell? Uh, off uh, camera. Here's what I rolled. I'll I'll show you. You can yeah. keep. You can go back to the show now. Just take out anything with the girls. But uh, but I I so I rolled, I rolled. I have one of legend. You rolled here. these? I rolled one of them. I rolled the bigger one. Wow, this is a great joint. Yeah, not bad. And then it smells good. This was this is um this smells great. This is uh Durban poison. Yeah. It's really it makes me feel very creative. I, I was gonna say I find that interesting that you like Blue Dream because Blue Dream is great for creativity. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, you know it it kind of it kind of shuts my brain down really enough yeah i wonder if i'm going crazy no have you ever seen these these el bluntos yeah they're, they're awesome f- these are, but these are all way too strong for me they're all like really well I, we've smoked one and then all of us were like this <laughs> i feel like that's how i go through my day main days on that level really what well, let me see the blunt you rolled 
Oh, and you have, is that a backwoods? Yeah. Are you against them? No. I. Well, it's not as pretty as. It's a little smushed, but. No. Because it was sitting in my purse. So wait, so, so, uh, God damn it. I fucking want to get high so bad right now. <laughs> and I, I, I wish I, I wish I could. I sincerely was my whole goal. And by the way, I started learning how to ro roll black backwoods. Really? Yeah, we have a big graduation party for my kid's son tonight. Mm. So I can't imagine getting high as fucking sitting in a graduation. Yeah, that's and not going the vibe. to dinner with them. It's like and and I and I and I haven't been drinking. I haven't been partying. So I was like, oh, I'll smoke tonight. And then and then as things as you can see me unravel yes. with our previous conversation, yes. I go, I'm just gonna fucking drink. Fuck everyone. <laughs> Fuck everyone. But, do you smoke before you perform? No, I have though. And I and I find that when I do, it'll help me uh it'll help me find nuance. Mm -hmm. It'll help me find little things. So if I drink before I perform, I like to be stone sober when I perform. Okay. Personally, I like to be stone sober. I was actually even thinking about taking a fucking nicotine lozenge. That's where my head's at today, just so we're clear. Um, but I was, uh, I, I like to be stone sober when I perform. If I'm too drunk, I just can't get through it. I'm trying to keep it together. If I'm just drunk enough, I'm just a little buzzed, what I'll do is I'll fuck it up. Yeah. And then in fucking it up, I can figure out a workaround. So, like, uh, I got a great conversation today with a, a radio show of mine, a radio show friends of mine beer and hot wings and this guy joe asked me the greatest question that i've ever been asked and he said you know i have a, i used to have a joke about isla keeping her daughter in the refrigerator and then isla coming in when i'd eaten an edible and asked me about time travel yeah and he said he goes i always wondered about that joke did they both happen at the exact same time or were they two mashups and i said that's a great question i got drunk in calgary on the first show i someone sent shots to the stage i took them I get off and I'm like, well, fuck it, we're already there. I might as well have a drink before the second show. And so I go up pretty buzzed for the second show and I start telling the Isla deodorant story first and I and I stop in the middle of it and I just, for just thinking I'm done with it and I start telling the time travel one and I'm like, well, fuck, oh, no. I forgot to finish the first one. Yeah. And then, and I was like, oh, wait, I got an idea. What if I, in the middle, this is on set, I go, what if I finish the first story on the second part at the end of the second part and it'll be a, it'll be, it's more of a tag for the first story right. and i go and i did it and it worked and i went okay yeah so not every time but like next week i'm going to do some spots at the store and next week i'm going to get a little lit and maybe a little high before i go on stage just to try to work things out right and uh did but it. i but i like that i like that durban poison cuz it seems like it's a little bit of a stimulant in that I'm, I remember we were driving through San Francisco and we had all smoked a little Durban poison and I just was thinking differently. Yeah. I was thinking of like, I forget what it, what it was exactly, but I was thinking differently. I was seeing things in a new light mm -hmm. and I, I kind of like that. Yeah. What Do you smoke before you go on? I do and Matt doesn't. Matt won't smoke at all he, but he no, smokes he oh yeah he's yeah. he smokes just as much I as i smoked I with him yeah but he won't he he goes up sober like you do and encourages 
encourages me to do that more, which I agree with him. I think um, the thing is, is like, I feel like the weed takes a little bit of that anxious edge off. And he's like, that's not good. You can't use that as a crutch. And I'm like, you're right. You know, I'm, I'm still learning and figuring out what yeah, my process is. We could talk to Chappelle. I'm sure Chappelle will be like, right. yeah, yeah, it's okay. Yeah. I saw Donnell smoking a blunt before he went on stage. I mean, Felipe chiefs like a fucking chimney before he oh, gets yeah. on and murders. So it's like, but these are, you know, legends. So it's like, but, but he always did that. I think. Yeah. And Joey Diaz always did yeah. that um it's it's i i think it's fine it's whatever your process is and by the way things have changed so much that if you like like you know uh mitch hedberg used to murder a bottle of vodka take a big sip before he went out on stage wow and by the way and I, i'm not a mitch hedberg uh, biographer i'm just telling you the story i heard yeah. is that he liked to have the feeling the rush of the feeling hit him when he stepped on stage interesting so he go 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 ladies and gentlemen mitch hedberg to do like letterman or something wow and um and I, I think that's to whatever your process is for me what happened was the very first time i went on stage um you know him and i, I do this every motherfucking time who does uh the schmoes podcast uh type it in christian harloff you know okay. christian harloff i don't think i do he used to work at the store he just he's, he does He's got a really big podcast now called uh, uh, Christian with a K, Christian Harloff. He's fucking awesome. And he was there for my very first podcast. And uh, what's what's his show at right now? He's got a, a channel on YouTube, the Christian Harloff channel. It's the Schmoes, uh, it's the Schmoes podcast. Okay. He was a comedy store guy yeah. for a long time. Matt knows him, I'm sure. Uh -huh. And so... He happened to be at my very first show that I did in Tallahassee. Okay. Random as fuck. He was a Sigma Nu at Tallahassee. And he was moving to New LA or New York to start stand-up. And it was my very first time doing stand-up. And Christian Harloff gave me the best advice of my goddamn life. He, I ordered a Miller Lite. And I went to drink it because I was nervous. As, yeah. I was first time doing stand-up. Yeah. Only, only we will ever know yeah. exactly how nervous that is. Yeah. And he said, "If I were, can I give you a bit of advice? And I said, sure. And he goes, if I were you, I wouldn't do that. And I said, what? And he goes, if you do it and you crush, then you're always going to need it. Right. And then if you if you don't do it and you don't crush, you're going to think it's because you didn't have it. Right. So he said, just do it sober. If you're going to have this be your job, do it sober. By the way, very impressionable point in my life because I was known as a party animal. Right. So like I put it down and I thought to myself, I'll bring it on stage with me. Okay. Like I want it, I'll have it on stage. And so I walked on stage with it and uh and i never even touched it i did the whole set and then i was like oh i don't need alcohol to do stand-up good and so thankfully for me i never had to i never had alcohol to do stand-up but having said that it's like I, I know a lot of guys who have a drink and fucking murder rogan yeah rogan smokes listens to music has a few pops of alcohol and murders and yeah. then when we're talking teetotalers Joe Rogan's not a guy that needs alcohol to do a fucking thing in his life. Right. So, yeah. It's everyone. I think, right. It's like everyone finds their process and, yeah. um, you know, you got to find what works for you. How are you at rolling blunts? Do you feel like you're a good blunt roller? I do think I'm good at rolling blunts. Yeah. That just, was not my best work though. That was like, uh, that was, oh, I'm going over to Burt's. I better roll something quickly. I don't want to show up <laughs> empty handed, you know? Well, you know, what's so funny is I, I, I always come on this podcast and I always, regret when people come over and they think they're like i i had shane gillis on and he was like uh 
like halfway in he's like are we gonna have a drink or something yeah i was like oh if you want to drink we can drink but i was like i just i don't like i don't i don't want to push it on people because if i because i i drink at a, a pretty hefty clip these days yeah my drinking's gotten so what's high. your are you like whiskey i like and uh, vodka right now i right now i feel like everything has turned against me really so I'm into this thing of drinking right now. That's why I've leaned towards weed. Mm. Is um, I don't know how honest to get into this. We might as well full honest. So like, I I I, I don't drink during the days, right? Yeah. Because if I drink during the days, it fucks up my system. Meaning like, meaning like the next day I'm really hungover. Yeah. Well, I drank almost like three days in a row back to back to back when I was in Austin. When I was in Austin, we got off tour, and I think we flew in, we drank on the plane, flew into Austin, got to the studio, did a podcast with Tom, drank on that podcast, went out to dinner and drank. Woke up the next day, did a podcast with Tom, cracked a bottle, had drinks, uh, went out, got lunch, had drinks, got drinks again that night. Uh, well, went out with my parents and met up with Rogan and got blit blitz, right? Then the next day I get stem cells with Joe. We we yeah. go we go and do another podcast. We start drinking at noon on Joe's podcast, have drinks with my parents that night, get drunk again. The next day I got off. We're in Austin, go out to go uh shopping with my parents or whatever. We have drinks, we have more drinks, we go to a great boot Alan Bo Alan's boots. Like, you want a shot of tequila? I'm like, yeah. And that night on the plane, got hammered. Oh, no. Next day, and then my parents are, that's like, that's Thursday. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, my, I have nothing to do. My parents are in town. And so now we're talking like seven days of like, if not drinking during the day, drinking very early. Yeah. Come Sunday, I was, I was a, I was not doing well with alcohol. Meaning like, like, it was almost like you actually felt like I, I would be like, like I worked out, I'm doing fine during the day, but then when I go to drink, I just didn't, I f didn't feel like, I didn't feel like drinking, but we were doing stuff where people were drinking and I was just like, well, I'm gonna have a drink. And then I drink and I just be like, I feel off, I feel off. Yeah. And so I kind of pulled off, uh, I didn't drink Monday. I didn't drink Tuesday, today's Wednesday. Mm -hmm. and, and so I haven't drank today. And I told Leanne, I said, we're going to this thing tonight. I go, I don't want to drink. And she was like, well, then don't. And I was like, but it's a fucking graduation party. Right. Everyone's going to be there. It's all the fucking dads I know. Like, it's so hard in those moments. And then that drama showed up tonight and today. And I was like, I was like, motherfucker. Fucking, you never stop being a parent. You never stop being a parent. I know, that's why I haven't done it. I have three cats, though. Oh, it's the same. Yeah, I'm unwell. <laughs> How you know? old are you? Oh, you don't have to answer that. Oh, no. I'm sorry. I'm 35. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm not ashamed of my age. Um. You know, because they're, you know, it's like in Hollywood, there's the, the the Hollywood trope, like, you know, you have to be young or like, I think women probably get it harder than men in Hollywood, I feel like, because yeah. of our age. And even I, I, someone asked me, I was out to dinner with some friends and there was a, a woman there who wasn't really friends with the group, but she was there and she was like kind of being snooty and she's like, what is it like to be 35 in Hollywood? And I'm like. I'm in the number one movie in America, so it feels amazing. Like I don't it's know, not bad. It's not I'm bad. not a, I'm not a embarrassed 
by it. I'm yeah. I'm proud that uh, I'm 35 and 35 is so fucking young. I know, but you know, sometimes I'm like, is 35 young? It's it's it feels old. It it feels for me because I started stand up at 29. So like, I feel like. Oh man, I wish I would have started younger. I started 26. Okay. I started 26. There should be a website. I would like a website. Can someone make this website? And if you do, send it to me. You got to keep it updated, okay? But I would like to know where comedians were. First of all, it starts it's like a it's like a graph. Yeah. I want to know what age they were when they started, okay? Yeah. I want to see how long they were. I want to know all the benchmarks of the careers where we can judge ourselves based on other people's careers cuz I think you'll be shocked at how well you're doing compared to other people's careers. Yeah. I can tell you personally, at 35, I was fucking flat broke with two children. Nope. Two children? How old is Isla? Yeah, two children. Wow. Flat broke, uh, doing pilots for Animal Planet, uh, not headlining. Yeah. And uh, and uh, and completely lost. Like, yeah. And I was a parent. I was a parent. I couldn't be an active parent because I was so nervous. And uh, yeah, I, I think you'd be shocked at how far you are ahead of 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 where everyone else is. How old was Amy Schumer? She was probably like 23 when she was on Last Comic Standing. That's so wild to me. I don't even think I would have had the maturity to be able to get on stage at 23. And and, and think, for me personally, I, I just think some people I think for some people. So she's 40 now. She probably well, she had to be. 26, I'm guessing. Okay, Georgia was born in 2004. Isla was born in 2006. So she that's, she was 25. Okay, that's not bad. 25, I mean, she started at 24. Wow. Started at 22. Wow. But it's like, it's like, not to, not to, I'm sure she always knew what she wanted to do, but there's going to be places in your life where you go. It's, it's kind of nice to know that you lived a life first. Yeah, that you have experiences. Well, to that's draw what from Matt first. will say because Matt basically dropped out of college and drove to the comedy store and you know started spent his twenties. He's at the, the he's store. the last generation. Right. He's the last generation of dudes who worked their way up at the store. I think mm -hmm. that that new generation's coming back. Yeah. I think the stores opened up now and people are. You know, like yeah. guys that work the door are now getting the opportunities the way they do in the old days. And he says, you know, he's like, your diff your journey's different. And and the fact like look when you started at twenty nine, because you're where you're supposed to be, how quickly things happened for you as soon as you were doing what you were meant to be doing. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, I think and, you know, I know there's other comedians that started later, like Kirk Fox and Dean Del Rey and and it's just it, it, I guess it does go to sh goes to show you that it doesn't matter how old you are as long as you know you Kirk do Fox, it. Kirk Fox have maybe been doing it a couple of years, and I saw him, and he was ten hundred ten hundred yeah. times funnier than. And I was. that's what Matt's point was: is you lived a life before you got on stage. You had a perspective by the time you got there. You had life experience, and um. It's so. a, well, you. I mean, I remember when I started. I remember someone was like, "You went to college," and I was like, "Yeah." And they're like, "What a waste of time." And then I go <laughs> on stage and I talk about being and having yeah. gone to college. And I remember listening to other people talking as if they had gone to college. I remember watching one guy talking about as if he had partied and he did partied. And the guy was stone sober. And it's not Dane Cook. And But the guy was stone sober. And he lit, He talked like, like you know, he had all these stories about partying and yeah. this and that. And then I was like, 
I was like, hey, man, we got to get together. And he's like, I don't drink. And I was oh, like, wow. I was like, what, well, did you quit? And he goes, I never drank. And I said, well, what about college? He goes, I didn't go to college. And I was like, what the fuck? And he was like, yeah, dude, it's just an act. It's, it's That's an act. not real. I hate that kind of I shit. I, I cannot it. stand when people make things up on stage. Like, comedy is truth, right? Like, yeah. I just, I can't. That's too much for me. I, well, that, people ask me all the time. It's like, is your mom really the judge that put OJ Simpson in prison? I'm like, who would lie about something it would like be a that? crazy stretch. Right? What a weird lie to make up. How specific. Which is your is your mom Italian? No. Is your dad Italian? No. What's your ethnic background? They're just Jewish. Are you Jewish? Mm -hmm. Really? Yeah. Wow. But we're not like religious. We don't. They. Yeah. I I grew up going to Christian schools and really. Um, yeah. In Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> In the city of sin. What do you miss about Vegas? Um, I don't know. I I mean, honestly, Vegas is so easy to live there. Really. It is. I mean, it's it's um it's like a big little city. Um, it still has that hometown feel, and you do in a sense feel like you you know everyone there. It, like a lot of my friends still live there my really? family lives there so i still is feel... that the area code on your wrist yeah 702 uh-huh <laughs> it's my prison tattoo no um but uh yeah i i like i like vegas and as i get older i've gone i've grown to appreciate growing up there and um having the experiences that i had there it it it, it, it i you know it's so funny i think you i never felt cool living in florida i felt, yeah. felt like florida was like I was like, we're not LA. Yeah. Our beaches don't have cold water. There's no waves. You got to drive over to the East Coast. And even still, there's no waves on the East Coast. And then when I got out here long enough, I started being proud to be from Florida. Yeah. It's like people shit on Florida all the time. I was like, yeah, that's where I grew up. Yeah. Like that, you think you think you didn't like it? Like I lived there, bitch. Yeah. And then I was like, and then I was like, don't talk shit about. It. It's like when you talk shit about your mom, and then someone else is like yeah she's a fat whore and you're like hey it's my mom yeah you're like don't that's my fat whore that's my fat whore, that's my fat whore. <laughs> i know florida and vegas do get a lot of flack i think um you know in terms of of living there but i i love i i also appreciate my time living in florida yeah i could move back you think you could retire there uh i would like to retire on an island yeah I've, well it's funny my wife uh and I have talked about this a lot about like what our plans are because mm -hmm. the girls are going to college. George is going to college next year. Isla's going to, uh, Isla's going to, well, maybe she'll go to college. Who knows what she'll do. But, um, the, uh, the, we've talked about like what our, like, that's a, an important part of like marriage is like, what do you guys do when it's just you? Mm -hmm. And Leanne's like, I'll go on the road with you. I was like, the fuck you will. That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> fucking buzzkill mcgee <laughs> sleeping in her own bunk she's like well Aww. we'll get a we'll get a but she's such a she is such a she's a road dog she's, she's such a square she is she is i woke up the other morning and i go I, I call her i go where the fuck are you and she goes i'm in the backyard reading a book that's adorable and i go well, why like what and she goes i don't know just thought i'd read a book and she's out there, and I look. She's in her robe yeah. with her fucking living her best life robe with her fucking free water scuffies and her cup of coffee, reading a book. And I just thought, what a dork. Yeah, I was like, what a fucking like. I get it if you're smoking a joint, reading a book, you're like, <laughs> you know. But just she's just, just doing it sober. She's just doing it choice. sober. <laughs> she's it's the funny it's the funniest thing being married when you look at your person and you just go like, you just go like like, can't believe I fell in love with you. Aww. 
and then you realize oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna look into your eyes when I die. Oh no! That's what that's what I. That's, I, that's what you think about. I had a dream. I did. I'm trying 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 to write a bit about it. I was having sex with her one time, and right at the climax, I thought, "So these are the eyes I'll look into when I die." Oh my god! Okay. A little morbid. Hey, you can't control what your brain thinks of, right? That's hilarious. <laughs> Hopefully, it's not while you guys are also having sex. I wouldn't mind going out like that. <laughs> Actually, that's probably the best scenario. I'm doing pretty good in my workout, so I think I don't. I don't think I'm going to die having sex. No, it's too quick. No, my workouts are 30 minutes. <laughs> be a quick quick and painless i would have to be in the middle of a heart attack as we started sex (laughs) you'd have to the heart attack would have to start before that's so funny i'd be have to be having chest pains (laughs) like hey do you want to go to the bedroom and i'm like ah let me finish this steak (laughs) oh that's so funny so what's the plans what's the plans for you now i mean honestly it's like what do you want Leanne used to say, put it in the universe. Okay. What do you want? And I um, put it in the universe. That I want to make a movie. Yeah. And it fucking happened. I want to become a beast at stand-up. I want to become undeniable. That's, you know, that's my, that's like, that's, I just had this conversation with Brogan the other day. Really? We were sitting in the back. This is, uh, sometimes this business, it looks like, it's like, do you ever play that, do you ever play that game when you were a kid and you go, I'm going camping and I'm bringing a toaster. Mm-hmm. And they're like, what do you bring? And he's like, I'm bringing a bev. You can't bring a bever. And then you, they're like, huh? And then another part. And then when you don't understand the game, you're sitting there going, this is, I'll never figure this out. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you figure it out. And then you're like, oh, that's what this business is like sometimes. When you, and I, I felt like the guy that didn't know how to play the game. And I was sitting back at the store in the, in the back by the fridge you know where the by the bar at the store and i was talking to rogan he's like you need to get a netflix special and i was like i was like yeah that's not how it works joe you don't just call up netflix and be like i'll take a special please yeah. and he's like get us that is how it works and he said you need to be undeniable and i was like I, i'm already pretty he goes no no you need to be undeniable you need to be un-, he said it to me like you need to be undeniable and i didn't really wrap my head around that statement and then i wrote it in my joke book be undeniable like undeniable was the word my mantra be undeniable and i didn't understand what it was until i was undeniable Mm -hmm. until i remember every time i went on stage was and i went okay and then we'll do it again tomorrow and we'll show up the next day and we'll do it again better and we're gonna write more we're going to wake up and write more than everyone else. And we're going to fucking work on our acts. And when we go on the road, we do an hour 15 and it's undeniable. Every time someone sees you, they go, that was the great. And I, and that word really hit with me. Yeah. But yeah, be undeniable, mm-hmm. be undeniable. It's, there's nothing better in the fucking universe. Yeah. I, I don't know why Netflix isn't giving you a special. You're in the number one fucking movie. <laughs> I'm not, I ha- I'm, I'm going to get there. Like that's, that's the goal. Have a Netflix special you know, host my own show, write a movie, write do you do a, a TV podcast? show. I had one before the pandemic called chronic relief, um, yeah. where I interviewed comedians about weed and mental health. Um, and the pandemic hit and I, I just couldn't do the zoom thing. I just, I don't like zoom anything. Um, so I stopped, I stopped podcasting and, um, you know, I feel like if I'm meant to do a podcast, I'll, I'll do it again, but two girls one blunt really 
like I'm sure there's already that porn out there. <laughs> Google it, <Halston. laughs> bring it up. Um, yeah, something, some, something. I mean, I don't know. It, should I be podcasting right now? I think so. Because uh, I'll tell you right now, if you, it, it is a podcast. Yeah, of course. Let's give a shout out to two girls, one blunt. Hell yeah. Emily, no, la no last name. Just Emily. Shout out. Go to their go to their Instagram. I want to see. Is this her Insta? Yeah. Two girls, one blunt. They got how many followers? Five thousand. Five thousand. See if they follow me. Go to following. They better. I always do this. Do you ever? Do you ever oh my, oh god! my god! Shut yes! the fuck up. Two girls, one blunt. Shout out. Ladies, who else do they follow? A lot of comics. Oh, they follow a lot of. I wonder if they're. By the way, I, that name Jamie Lee Simmons sounds so familiar. I feel like I know them. That's they, so funny. They follow Ari Shafir. They might be out of uh, New York. Yeah, go to, click in. I have my phone right here. I can find out real quick. That's so funny. All the wheat number five in stand-up comedy on Apple Podcasts. Seven hundred K. Oh, they're on Hayes Radio. I know that. Can I tell you what's so crazy? I didn't realize I have a podcast called Two Bears One Cave. Yeah. I didn't realize that as soon as I said number five Miss Apples. Follow back. Done. That's hilarious. All right. Following Jamie Lee's show, and I'm following Loud Emily. Follow back. That's adorable. Yeah, ladies, uh, everyone check out their podcast. Where are they based out of? I think here. Yeah, it seems like. LA? Palm Springs? They seem like they're, they're it's, well, there's an ocean. They take. Oh, they're, no, that's in Miami. I don't know. That's interesting. I love when people put locations on there. Um, what you call it? Well, here's oh, that the thing does about look like Florida. It does look like Florida. All these pictures look like Florida. Um, Palm Springs, California. I'm always impressed when people can smoke weed, like smoke copious amounts of weed. What? But here's the thing with the podcast: if you had a podcast while you were on Jackass, it would be the number one podcast in the world. Yeah. You got to you got to set yourself up to succeed. You got to set up all the plates spitting at first. Yeah. And now would be a great time to do a podcast because like like Poopy's podcast, mm -hmm. check out, I bet Poopy's is getting mad downloads. <laughs> and I would like to say Poopy's, I'm going to say this out loud, do not sign a contract with anyone yet. How many downloads is he getting? He's already got 115,000 subscribers. What? He's, he's, oh he, yeah, but that's his channel. Yeah, his yeah, channel. Yeah, yeah. And then. His fucking videos are pretty good. I think Steve was helping him out with his videos. Yeah. Steve is a fucking. He's genius. First episode was with Knoxville. Um, couple on April 20th. So. How many downloads? He's got 101,000 views already. All right. Oh, I'm wow. supposed to do his podcast. You should. Yeah. I would, I'm dying to. That's so funny. Um, But but you, I think you should have a podcast and you should find it something easy that you want to do. Okay. Like something easy that like. I just don't want to do another like interview comedians and it's, you know. I know, but that's like, so like, but that's, I mean, it's the easiest thing to do. It's the easiest thing to do, but you can do it your own way. Yeah. You know, you don't have to do it. You can do it the way that you want to do it. Yeah. 
Like if you're like, uh, like if you want to smoke weed with a comic, can you bring them on? You guys both smoke weed, mm-hmm. and then talk about anything. You can yeah. talk about. You can find five topics in the news and run through the five topics on the news high as fuck with a comic, or just make. It, but it's got to be do something, something you want to do, like, like. Like today, I got excited that you were coming here because I'd been I'd been watching so much of your yeah. shit, and I know Matt. Matt, you yeah. know, I don't know if Matt told you this. He helped me move out of my house. No, he didn't tell me that. Yeah, he moved, helped us move out of our house. <laughs> and Matt so all trades. And so uh, he's a good dude. He's a great dude. I, we went to Calgary together. We watched Ari Shafir get as sick yeah, as yeah, I've yeah. ever seen Ari Shafir get in his entire life. Threw up on a child. And so yeah, 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 yeah. Wow, there's a lot, Matt's not telling you, but uh, but <laughs> like, but uh, but. It's got to be something if you and I. I think that's what draws people. So my wife started a podcast and she was like, "Yeah, but it needed to be a thing." I go, "Do it, make it whatever you want it to be." And the beautiful thing, and this is Duncan Trussell said this to me, is it's allowed to grow and change. Yeah, okay. I'm thinking about. Segura told me he goes, "Why do you sit in casual chairs? It makes it a casual conversation." He's like, "When you sit up, you are a little more energetic. Okay. You should be sitting up." And I went, "It's interesting because on two bears." I don't let anyone speak. I just talk like crazy, but I think crazy. And when I'm here, I get a little more listening. I don't know which one's good. Right. But uh, I'd also like to start doing my podcast at night and getting fucked up on them. Oh, hell yeah. But it's easier when you're home. You're trying to have a fucking family. (laughs) I think uh, that would be hilarious to see the more fucked up you get if the podcast gets better. Uh, the when when I get trashed on a podcast, it gets so many more views. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Like me, I think Shane Gillis and I get we got so drunk, we said the most regrettable things <laughs> that we had to like he, we had to call, text each other throughout the next week and be like, "Hey, this needs to be edited." Hey, just out checking too. in. Uh, are we gonna get canceled over this? Oh, I sent him the Corollas <laughs> with a with a tall boy Tito's and soda. <laughs> And 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 he was like, I I, I shouldn't even go, I shouldn't even go, man. That's yeah, that awesome. was that was when the but you but it's all a growing process. Yeah, like this studio is all new. I'm gonna get rid of all these posters. I've I've been I've I put these up when I started because I needed something there as They're a placeholder. Dope. And I think I'm gonna get rid of them. Maybe keep a couple of my favorite ones. And maybe I don't know. I maybe put it shelves and put stuff on the shelves that I like. Or I love the posters. But I I feel like I, I feel like it's a little monotonous and it's a little. I mean, it's like I, I look like I'm in a fucking shrine to myself. You here. are. Like, it's like it's like we should get some candles in here. Yeah, I would like to lower the mood a little yeah. bit. Candles aren't a bad idea, and we like candles Until before you everything. Set, set the studio on fire. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, I think I think a podcast would be great. Being undeniable in stand-up, amazing. Are you writing anything for yourself? Meaning like yes. sitcoms, movies? I have. Um, I'm in the middle of writing about um, a certain point in my life. My senior year, my parents sent me to a lockdown in Utah. Okay, so the other night, I go out to the fire pit. I'm not drinking. I'm not smoking cigars. I'm not doing anything right now. I'm trying to stay healthy. But I need something. I need something. I need something to make me feel like I'm a fucking man. I, that's me, right? I find out we got back black buffalo in the man cave. Black buffalo, if you're 21 and you dip or chew tobacco, pouches or long cut, whatever, you got to try this tobacco alternative. Black buffalo zero. What makes black buffalo unique is black buffalo zero is everything you love about dipping, but without the actual tobacco, 
leaf stem or nicotine, which is brilliant for me. I do not want to start dipping again, but every now and then I want to have a fucking dip. Do you know what I'm talking about? It's made from edible green leaves and food grade ingredients with the same flavors, textures, and aromas and traditional tobacco products. No compromise required. They've got all the flavors you love, mint, wintergreen, straight peach, even blood orange. They sell their products at blackbuffalo.com. Black Buffalo Zero is available in both long cuts and pouches. And if you're seeking that calm tingling with your dip, you can check out their regular product line as well. They have a subscription option on their core flavors so you can get it, set it, and forget it. Born in the Midwest, raised in the South, Black Buffalo proudly manufactures their products right here in the USA. Black Buffalo's founders were looking for products high and low and an alternative for their tobacco use across the U.S. and even overseas, but nothing delivered the same satisfaction or high quality that they were looking for so they decided you know what let's make our own small batch plus they made limited quantities and small batch runs so you can count on their best quality from back buffalo i've tried it i sat by the fire pit i loved packing it i love the smell of it the aroma is what gets me it brings me back to college when i put in a dip and i'd bullshit with my friends and we'd talk endlessly for hours and you take that dip out and put in another one And this way you don't have to you just pop it in I'm not, I'm not back. I'm, I'm, I'm just here for a moment. It's 2022. Are you still dipping traditional tobacco products or those long white portion things? If so, when you're 21, it's time to get with Black Buffalo Zero. It's everything you love about dipping just without the actual tobacco leaf stem or nicotine. Head to blackbuffalo.com and use the promo code BIRD at checkout for 15% off your first order. That's the best offer you're going to find, but you have to use my code BERT for 15% off your first order. One last time, that's promo code BERT for 15% off your order. My senior year, my parents sent me to a lockdown in Utah. For real? Yeah. So I was there for 13 months. Um, yeah. <laughs> Wait. So yeah, so both me and OJ got sent away. Oh, um, your parents. Oh, you're, you really got sent to a lockdown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it's one of those um, it, the term is like therapeutic boarding school, but I hate that they call it a boarding school because when you when you say boarding school, it sounds like Harry Potter and like a good time. But I, this thought was you, a, I thought you got sent to your room. Oh, I did get sent to my room, but I also got sent to a lockdown my senior year of high school. Wait, What were you doing? Sneaking out of the house, not getting good grades. And um, they were just concerned that I was going down a path. I wasn't even drinking or smoking. I just I was not doing well. Um, and that scared them as, you know, people who work in the fields that they work in. So how did the, how did the, how did that go? Like, how did it start? How it did was, it go down? Um, so I snuck did out. Did you get of, caught once? It did what? Did you get? Was oh, like, yeah. So yeah. I, I had, I had been sneaking out of the house for years. Um, I had just finally gotten caught, but I was at a point where I was like, I wanted to get caught because I was just not in a good place. And I felt like, um, you know, I, I felt like my mental health was deteriorating and I was just going down a path and um, my parents were dealing with other shit at the time running a campaign, you know, so I was at a point where I didn't care if I got caught and I did get caught. My parents um, took me out of school and then found a place to send me in Utah. So and wait, how bad was that? Was that a knockdown drag out fight? It was uh, no, because. I didn't know what I was getting myself into. I didn't know the type of place that I would be going. So I, in my mind, I heard like boarding school and I thought, oh, okay, well, I'll, I'll at least be away from my parents and, you know, maybe it'll be better for me. But I didn't realize like the environment I was going into, the the people I were was going to be around and 
Um, like I was, you know, there's kids there with serious issues, you know, like I had, to, we all have issues, but like they had, you know, they had seen some shit. They had, you know, done drugs at 13 and addicted to, you know, uh, just horrible things like horrible. Wait, did you, when you got there, did you go at what point, at what point did you stop blaming your parents? Oh, uh, well, I never really blamed. I don't think I, I didn't. So I didn't really, I blamed them for not realizing where they sent me kind of like I, for a while, I don't think they understood like the type of place they were sending me to. to have you talked to them since about that? Yeah. 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 We were obviously, you know, we've worked through it and they even mentioned now like that in retrospect, I probably didn't belong there. I don't think any kid really does, but yeah. cause I just don't think that that's the right answer for kids who are going through problems to send them off for other kids to essentially, you know, cause our, the people who were in charge of us weren't much older than us. Really? Um, and they were all Mormon. And so, um, yeah, I mean, it was, it was like, uh, Paris Hilton got sent to a school right up the road from where I went and she's working, trying to get them all like shut down because there's a lot of like horrible things that happen at these facilities. So wait, so wait, did you, when you, when you got there, when I got there, I didn't realize until after my parents dropped me off. Now, some kids get, um, like basically kidnapped in the middle of the night by like escorts will come in. Like your parents can either drop you off or they can have like two big security dudes come in and take you out of your bed at night and then take you to the place. Or I heard, um, I knew a kid whose parents had lied to them and told them that they were going on a ski trip to Utah and then dropped them off at this school. So holy shit. Yeah. So um Adam Egan had something similar to that. Yeah, I to him. think he he went somewhere in somewhere else. Like I don't think his was in Utah. But there's a lot of there's a lot of my generation and a lot of kids who have gone through this school system. Uh and it's it's not like, in my opinion, the best place for kids. And and so they drop you off. And then at what point do you realize I'm I need to like, uh, hey, guys, I'm going to I'm going to leave. And they're like, you're not going. Fucking yeah, anywhere. it was right away. Pretty much uh, as soon as your parents leave, they you're not allowed to have shoes. You have to earn shoes. You can't call anyone. You have to earn phone calls. You have to get to a certain point in your program where you earn every any kind of communication like if you write letters, they read all your letters out. They read all the letters sent to you. You're only allowed to communicate with pre-approved people. You can't, you're, you have no access to phone. There's no internet. Um, you basically have to work the program until. So wait, you get there and they take your shoes away? Yeah. You're not allowed to have shoes. You're not allowed outside because for they're, um, they have evaluations, I think every two weeks to see if you're moving up in the program or if they're going to keep you where you are. So you, you have cheat to cheat or do you have to do it? You can't not cheat you like, cause every you're always being watched. So like you, um, you have to do everything they say. So, uh, and if you don't, you get a consequence and consequences are either a half hour of calisthenics, a half hour, which is uh, intense working out yeah. a half hour of homework or a half hour of cleaning the bathrooms. So, um, do you get to pick. You sometimes get to pick. One time I got a hundred consequences. Yeah, I had to work off a hundred. It took me a couple of weeks. Wait, how? Um, I got, I got, because, so my parents came to visit me 
And I re- I used my sister's cell phone to check my voicemails because a lot of my friends didn't know what happened to me because I just disappeared from school one day. And so I was like, I wonder if anyone's worried or if anyone's wondering about me. So I used my sister's cell phone to check my voicemail and she caught me and narked on me to my Your parents. Sister caught you? Yeah. And younger she, sister or older yeah, sister? Yeah, a younger sister. She narked on me. So I ended up, they told my parents, she told my parents, my parents told the school that I like broke a rule on, you know, a family visit and they gave me a hundred consequences. And so what did you just get in great shape? Or did I you just, <laughs> I was like, I'm just going to do my, I'm just going to do like homework. I, I, I didn't want to clean the bathrooms because you had to clean out the tampon boxes and it's like, yeah. that is disgusting to me. I'd rather eat sushi off of Zach's asshole (laughs) and fucking clean a tampon box. Um, But yeah, so yeah, I mean, that's very much a place where you have to like kind of fake it till you make it, like do whatever you can to just get out because um, no one's coming to get you. (laughs) And so wait, how do you get out? You Um, you have to graduate the program. You have to graduate the program. Is it 18 months? Mine was third. I was there for third. So I turned 18 there. I started, I went there when I was 17. And in Utah, if you turn 18 at one of these schools, you, you have to sign your rights away to the school saying that you won't leave. Like you can either turn, you can turn 18 and you can leave, but they'll be like, you're going to be homeless. No one's going to, your family's not going to come get you. Um, and they encourage your family not to talk to you. Um, or you can sign your rights away at 18, which is what I did because they they convinced me that if I didn't do that, no one like I would be homeless. So I um, I signed my rights away saying that I will stay until I graduate the program. So I was there for until I graduated. So and so you're going to school, right? <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, they, they have a school, but it's it's very um, it's it's such a joke. They they rip out chapters of a book. And you have to read the chapter and then take a test at the end. And if you don't get at least an 80% or above, you have to keep taking the test. So that's how they boast that they get these good grades at this school because you don't, you actually, you can't get, you, you have to keep taking the test until you pass it. So what are the rooms like? Um, so I was living, the place I went to was an abandoned church. It used to be a, a church that got converted over like a to tabernacle. Yeah. Like some kind, like if you look at the building, it's really haunted. Can you tell, you don't have to tell the name of the place on here if you don't want uh-huh. to, but can well, we look it up? Yeah. I mean, it's called, it was, I mean, it's still open. If Wait. you go to the, you, if you read their Yelp reviews, they're not really that great. Um, but if look up Google images, let him it. know if you want that name edited out, you might want it. So the room situation, you're in a room with like 16 girls, like they're all bunk beds. So it's like, um, you know, it's sectioned off and there's, I do. This is crazy. I am. This is my brain is so broken. (laughs) I'm assuming they're all hot, hot with attitudes. (laughs) Uh, yeah, probably. Um, (laughs) most of us at at least. Um, so yeah, we were, it was a co-ed school, but they kept us separate. You never hung out with the boys. Um, whenever we did things would go wrong, you know, so we would, (laughs) they would kind of hold it over our head if we were allowed to do co-ed activities which you know we weren't really allowed or was encouraged. there was there any counselors who got it who were like like hey come on you you know was there anyone was there any like because here's how this would work for me is i'd get there and i'd struggle and i'd struggle and then i'd lie mm-hmm. i'd lie the entire 12 months i wouldn't I, i'm not a big rule breaker but i'm also someone who doesn't believe rules apply to them I have a hard time with rules. I have so, a really hard time 
with authority i i i like uh when you i it, yeah and it, it, the, the dumbest things and especially if it's authority i don't believe right if i don't believe in your authority if you're a pa and you come back and you tell me hey uh why don't you hold tight we're gonna come back for you in 25 minutes i go i think i'm gonna walk around right i might immediately yeah. i'm difficult in that sense yeah there wasn't the the mentors you know I think they were just doing their job and what they and they believed in what they were doing. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I think, you know, I yeah, I think it was I had gotten to a place. So my first four months I was there, I cried myself to sleep every, every night, night. Every night. Every night. I just I I I had a hard time accepting like my new reality. Um, because oh it's very God. jarring. You know, you're around a lot of girls who had gone through some people who had gone through some unspeakable traumas and things yeah. that kids should never go through and 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 in turn they ended up getting involved in really bad things and you know so it it got to a point where I was like okay I just have to do whatever I have to do to get out of here because otherwise I'm I'm never gonna get out of here it seems um and there's the whole culture of like if you get to a certain point in your program you know like you're narking on other kids will make you look better you know because it's like you're always trying to appear like you're better than than you know yeah so it was it was a weird place and that's something that i would like to oh my turn God. into some kind I'm of fucking thing fascinating yeah i'm fascinated and by the way if you're not working on that this evening i am you're doing on yourself it. a disservice i am i am sweet so, how did you get out i worked the program um I graduated like you have to graduate the school part. So you have to finish all of the schooling and then you have to finish the program. Um, so you have to get to a level four. So it, when you when you start when you go there, you're level one or you start like one minus one, one plus two minus two, two plus. So you have to work through the program till you get to a four. Um, and again, like they evaluate you every two weeks and oftentimes you can move down in your program, you can stay stagnant in your program or you move up. So it, it could take, you know, for, you could be a four and still have to be there for another two years because you haven't graduated the school part or whatever. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I just, I graduated the program. I graduated school and I ended up applying for college and I got into colleges. So it was my do, time. Do you have any fond memories? I do have fond memories of, um, since it was in Utah, we got to, when, when we did get to go outside, <laughs> uh, we did a lot of nature, things in nature, hiking, Utah's, Utah's gorgeous. um, whitewater rafting, like, so that was, you know, but again, you had to earn all of that. And, you know, that was something that I guess would be the fondest of, of my time as being outside did you hook up with anyone while you were there i kissed someone i kissed a boy it was towards the end of my program and if 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 anyone would have found out it i would have gotten in so much trouble really yeah mm -hmm. oh my god mm -hmm. and so and so what i'm dying to see how much this costs it's probably it's so expensive who told your parents about it? Um, I don't know if they found it on the internet or if they were referred over. And I remember the headmaster. I mean, he he drove a nice car. But then I'm like, <laughs> that is not the food that they served us. I remember one time they served something that they called steak. And it <laughs> was not steak. <laughs> it was gray meat. 
it was so awful. Go to their um, go to the Yelp reviews. It's it's called tuition, Halston. It's not called cost. <laughs> it's expensive, I bet. So this is the Yelp reviews. Oh no no, you have to go to the Yelp. Uh, yeah oh yeah yeah. If you go down, there should be like. One's a bunch of one star reviews. Keep going for um yeah that one's a fake one and the one at the top. Yeah okay. If you don't <laughs> want to take responsibility for your terrible parent, this is a great place to send your child. They focus on therapy will eventually help your child understand that your parenting was the issue, not them. Oh yeah, the they place you in a white empty hole in the wall. So that's called ISU. What it's they put you in a what? So if you get in trouble, you they will isolate you they'll like kids will freak out because they will have violent kids oh yeah oh my god that's a real thing um is that a kid in the hole that looks like i that looks like an isu um yeah these are all probably stories of either former kids or um oh this is all former students yeah or parents who figured out that it's probably not. The sad thing is, is a lot of the people I went to school there with um, either ended up back in prison or died, you know, suicide or, um, you know, aren't really doing anything with themselves. So I don't know if these schools work. This, I mean, these, I mean, unless, unless they want to use me as the poster child. I mean, no, I mean, you kind of killed it. <laughs> Um, if you can't beat children, you worthless. Crap. Oh wow, a, a mentor's coming here saying, "Don't send." Who's a mentor? Where uh, I used to work Sam, here as Sam. a mentor for two years, and I don't recommend selling your kids here. I could go on and on about this place and how badly it is run, how negatively it impact the kids after they're being here. The only reason I stayed as long because I cared for the kids, and I want to do whatever I could to bring positivity into their life. While at the dot dot dot. But please don't send your kids here. They will suck you dry of money and leave your kid more traumatized. I was than before. so traumatized after. For real? I had nightmares for years where I was like, my my nails were like, I'm like, people are dragging me at my feet. My nails are just like clawing the floor. Did like, you have physical activities where you had to fight people and stuff? I never got into fights. Um, I did end up in ISU one time because I didn't want to do my math homework. And and um, they were, I... I was taking medication at the time for bipolar disorder because they thought I had bipolar and uh, and they they there were like, we don't think you have bipolar. So we're going to take you off the medication. And I just I had a bad reaction and you my, can't do that. Well, they they tapered me off of it, yeah. like in what they thought was like a health healthy way. But my teacher wanted me to do my math homework. And I was like, no, fuck that. And then it just caused a whole big fight. And they took me to ISU. The isolation unit oh, you have to be and they there. would tranquilize kids like i didn't get tranquilized um because of, like in the isu but that place is wild seven thousand dollars a year that's that can't be what it is oh maybe it wasn't that expensive maybe this is a different no i guarantee you i guarantee you there is well i guarantee you what tuition is it's versus, crazy because i don't know what the boarding tuition, what versus the tuition boarding versus meals yeah versus there's going to be a lot of add-ons. It's yeah, not yeah, yeah. Seven thousand dollars a year. So that was where I spent my senior year of high school, and uh, you know, so I'm putting that out there that I'm going to turn it into something. That's genius. Yeah. That's genius. And that Paris Hilton went to one of these. She went to one called Provo Academy. Same same town. 
that really? I really. But it, w- it was a couple years, I think, before me. I think Who she sent her there? Her parents. And she's now actively fighting, going to like Congress and telling them these places need to be shut down. They're, you're sending kids away. They're being abused. And why isn't anyone doing the, anything the about one, it? The one that Adam Egan, have you talked to Adam about no. his? His was like, if it was fucking, I'll tell you what. It sounded worse than Nick Thune's rehab. Yeah. And Nick Thune's rehab sounded Did rough. Do you have to go to Wilderness? Is that why? Adam. I no, I don't know. I don't know where Adam went. I don't know the name of it. He, but Nick Thune's was rehab. Had he was detoxing. He was detoxing, uh-huh. so he was not. He was not doing well. Yeah. And I remember thinking that's a nightmare. And then, and then hearing Adam, he gets story and going, "No, that's a nightmare. Yeah, that's a legit fucking nightmare." Yeah, it's um. We would get so a lot of these schools are attached to a wilderness program. So the kids will be sent away to the wilderness. And then after they graduate the wilderness program, they go into these residential programs. Yeah. And a lot of these wilderness programs should also be shut down because they're in the middle of Utah, in the middle of winter, having kids march all day, all night outside, build their tents, sleep outside. I almost outside. sent my daughter to one of these, and, both of my daughters, because I wanted them to have, I used to hear stories about. Yeah, that's which, what it is. Which I, it's I like sound, scared straight. It sounds awesome. By the way, you, you can edit that out as well. But I used to hear stories about it thinking it sounded awesome. And then looking on the website and being like, this looks great. Yeah. And then and then you hear horror stories and you're mm-hmm. like, wait, hold on. What the fuck? Like we would have girl like there was this girl one time, she had to leave the wilderness program early because she got uh, frostbite on her feet. What the fuck? And then another girl ended wilderness early because she got Giardia, which is uh, from drinking dirty water, a parasite. Yeah. Um, so yeah, these are not, in my opinion, the best programs for our youth. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. How hard was it to forgive your sister when she snitched on you? <laughs> oh, it was, it took a while. It took, you know, I think she would, I just had come to terms with she was young and she was just doing what my parents wanted her, what she felt like was the right thing. Yeah. Um, Cause she was just a little kid, but she was so stoked to narc on me. God. But yeah. I would love to, I would love to see whatever that project is. Well, it, it just, we'll see what happens with it, but it's, it's, it's taken me a while cause it's so triggering. It's such a I can triggering see, I can process. see that. I could see, you know, you still have a little bit of apprehension talking about it. Yeah. Cause there's a part of you that goes, am I going to get in trouble for this? Well, I think that since it's still open, you know, yeah. the place, the facility is, is very much still open running, accepting kids. Um, you know, I, it's just a part of my life where um, I'm still uncomfortable with it and still processing like what was what was that place? It's something you know? that shouldn't happen to. I remember there was a kid. I won't say his name, but uh, we were um, we, we were in high school. He had a he had a scooter. He had a red scooter, and uh, we were all partying, and we had like a, a quarter bag of marijuana. I'm guessing. If I remember correctly, it was an ounce of marijuana, but it's not. There's yeah. no way we got a hold of an ounce as, as kids. There's no way we probably got a hold. If we got a hold of a quarterback of swag. Right. And we put it. He, he said, I'll put it in my scooter. I'll lock my scooter. No one will, no one goes through the center console of my scooter. And the next morning, his parents put him in, went through the center console of his scooter. And he went he disappeared that day oh shoot they sent him away that night that day he was gone 
family was a very wealthy family in uh in florida in tampa in florida they were a wealthy fam florida family and they sent him away that night and then we were we were freshmen maybe we were freshmen and our junior year he came and spoke to our windy gap it was like our christian thing he spoke on he spoke and we were like dude what the fuck mind you we didn't know he went to rehab we just never saw him again right and we went down to say hi to him and his mom uh was uh chastised us and and got us away from him and it was almost like he was brainwashed he was a different dude he was a very different dude and by the way none of like he bought the weed like he was like and he was like, don't worry, man. I'll throw my scooter. No one's ever checked my scooter. And the guy was cool as shit. And he definitely didn't have a problem. Right. He did, Like, out of all the kids we partied with. And, and you could tell who had problems. We had a, we had a buddy who's passed. Now he's passed. But uh, who, uh, his parents were very wealthy. And he, they took us out. He said to us one day, hey, do you guys want to go water skiing? And we're like, fuck yeah. Lived on the, he lived in, on, the, on the ocean, on the bay. And we're like, fuck yeah. And he's like, well, why don't you guys come out? Uh, I have a boat. We can take my boat. So we all go out and he goes, one of you guys can drive the boat, right? And we're like, we're like, well, yeah, why don't you drive your boat? And he was like, oh, I'm getting high. And we watched him smoke weed. I mean, I've never seen anything like it. Like just suck weed down a little bullet pipe for the whole time. He's like, do you want some? And I was like, I'm good. I came out here to water ski. Yeah. And uh, he smoked weed. He's dead now, died of a heroin overdose. Oh, no. But uh, but I knew what it was like to see someone with a problem. You could just recognize it. And, man, this guy did not have a fucking problem. I'm dying to know what happened to him. He was a good, he was, he's doing great. Yeah. By the way, all you got to do is make sure your kid gets out okay. And I think some parents fuck it up and they overparent. I am definitely going through that. Yeah. I'm overparenting. And, and now I just go, hey, don't worry. I won't deal with this. I won't be a part of this. I'm going to be level-headed. Yeah. I'm going to be like, cause I, I, when, when people made mistakes in our family, I would, I would take energy level up here and I would get angry. And then I just showed everyone, Hey, just so you know, uh, if you fuck up, we're going to here. So you might as well lie anyway. Cause it's already going to here. Right. And so then I had to realize I had to be like, I, you got to listen to your kids and, and talk to them and be like, I, I'm not your best friend. I'm your dad, mm-hmm. but I need you to be. I need you to be safe. I need you to be healthy. I need you to, you know, all this stuff. And so, I think that's a good approach. I think I don't fucking know. I have no fucking idea. I wish I could fucking. I got. I'm. I just. I know. I fuck up left and right. I mean, I can. I because my dad has two girls, and he had two sisters so he's just like surrounded by women just like i have two girls i have two sisters really yeah, yeah. oh man i feel for you guys. which parent did you give forgive first after coming back from that uh probably my dad yeah probably um i don't know i feel like in terms of my mom and my dad like my mom was more bad cop and my dad was good cop in a sense like oh that's funny i think my wife is more good cop and I'm more bad cop. And I've and I think she set it up to be that way. Yeah. So I think like my dad, it was easier for me to forgive him. But 
I don't know. I still feel like I don't think they really understand what that place was. And I don't think they'll fully understand until I like turn it into something to show them like, hey, this is this is what I went through. Um, I'm so excited to see it. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to see I'd like to see um, this. is. I'm going to tell you how I would like to see it. I would like to see a uh, it as a, a series on Netflix. Yeah. I'd like to see it as a series. Yeah. I want to meet. I know. I know everything I want to see about it. Okay. But I want it to be. I want it to be funny. It's a tromedy. That's what I'm going to call it. Yeah, I want it to be. It's going to be funny. I I told them that the only way, like, because I'm talking to people about w- working on this is like it has to be a con- like there has to be a community because it's such heavy stuff that I'm going to be dealing with that um, I have to find a way to make it funny. So it's got to be funny. I, I but I I'm I'm really I I would be very excited to see that. I, then then this all this stuff so my dad represented the church of scientology mm-hmm. uh and he i'm i'm not really certain i think i've talked about this so i don't have to worry edit so, yeah but and i'm not really certain so i forgive me if i'm incorrect on this but i think what happened is my dad represented someone who ran away from the church and the church tried to grab and take back and my dad won that case and so elron hubbard was like hey anyone who can beat the church is good enough to be my lawyer we want to put you on retainer. Oh, wow. kind of yeah. And so my dad was like, "How much?" And they were like, "Dot dot dot." My dad's like, "Game changer." Yeah. Never got the money for the Church of Scientology. Allegedly, I mean, I'm just saying that to cover everyone's bases. I know the church can be a tad bit litigious. Yeah. But um, never got got paid. Got paid, but then then they stiffed him on a lot on some money. So my dad got enough money to get us out of the bad neighborhood to build us a big house for like $350,000, which wow. is a lot of money back yeah. then. But di- but right as we closed on that house, uh, or not closed on it, but finished building it, we didn't have enough money to, uh, he, they stopped paying us and we didn't have enough money to put furniture in the house. Wow. So we had this house where it had two couches in the living room and a TV, that was it. And then uh, and then an old, and a kitchen table. We Everyone had beds, but that was all the furniture. Two couches kitchen table and then we each had a bed we everyone had beds but like didn't have like fur- we had furniture from our other house that we right. bought but we had a house that was had like one two three four empty four four completely empty rooms wow and uh but it didn't matter it was on a lake and i was a kid i didn't give a fuck yeah i was outdoors all the time anyway i was completely outdoors uh but i because of that story and i remember hearing my dad tell me that story of that the idea of of loss of freedom the idea of of not of not getting your free will 100% fucks me up mm-hmm. and those stories that you tell or adam egget tells or dying to hear paris hilton's story now i'm going to google that and see if she's ever yeah are you... and I, I i'm so triggered i can't watch it for real what's I the can't... name of the documentary yeah by the way when you look back and you look at all those people being shitty to Paris Hilton, I was so attracted to her back then that I never was shitty because I always hoped that. Yeah. It's on YouTube? Yeah. I'll be watching that in the sauna tonight. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's really cool to see her take this advocacy, you know, standpoint because it does take someone like her with such influence to really call out uh 
an industry that no one is calling out for the abuses that happen to children. I mean, these are kids that are being abused, essentially. I can imagine. By the way, hang on, hit pause. Uh, so Jackass triggered me. Really? Yeah. So like, I've never been a big uh, trigger advocate in that, in that like, like I was like, trigger warning, and I, like in a, in a meeting, trigger warning. I was like, whatever, you know? But then I started realizing triggers are very real. Mm -hmm. Like certain things will trigger things in you where you start going like, I'm starting to fucking get worked up about yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, so I did a show called uh, Hurt Bert. This is probably right around, probably right around when Jackass was blowing up. Yeah. And I did a show. I'd done this segment on the X show where I got my ass waxed. And and it was like the vi big viral video. So we pitched a show, show Herbert, where I take dangerous men's jobs for a day. Wow. So I was a rodeo clown, uh, an MMA fighter. I just took a, like a, a, a dominatrix gimp. And, uh, <laughs> and so today I'm watching... Uh, I'm watching Jackass 4.5. I never, like, I never would ever tell you I'd get triggered by something. No, but a, a very simple trigger for everyone is like when you see someone throw up, you want to throw up. Yeah, like that's a very simple. Yeah, just so just so you know what a trigger is, that's a trigger. Yeah. Uh, Poopy's got was doing an interview and Knoxville came up and slapped him in the side of the uh -huh. face. So that happened to me on Hurt Bert. They wanted to do an intro. And they wanted the intro to be uh, intense. And so they had me holding a light panel underneath my face so I couldn't see. And they had me doing some things. And my good friend, very good friend, Tim Scott, slapped me in the face. He was the <gasps> director of it. And they were trying to get that moment where I get slapped in the face on camera in slow motion. And it fucking, it, it. It started the very beginning of a very long relationship I've had with not trusting anyone I work with. And it 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 to the point where it's gotten it it's it was bad. Like when I did Birth the Conqueror, at times I would be very, very difficult. Or when I did uh Trip Flip, at times I could be very, very difficult because I didn't trust that anyone had me on my back. We just talked about this. Me and my wife just talked about this the other fucking day where I, I don't trust anyone has my back. Yeah. Like I don't, and we're talking about safety primarily. And so, and so when that happened to poopies, I, it triggered me. And I was like, I was like, I couldn't do any of this fucking shit. And I started like spinning in my head about like, God damn it, man. Like I couldn't be on this show. Like I couldn't. Like, and then I started seeing all the stunts as accidents that could have gone wrong. And it, at a certain point, I had to, like, turn it off and get in the sauna and try to clear my head because I got fucking hardcore triggered at the idea that, like, that, like, it happened to me so much. I mean, so much when, like, I was an MMA fighter for the day and they were like, <laughs> they were like, hey, just choke him out. And no one told me. And I got choked out and no one told me. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I wake up and I'm like, so I'm not safe at all here. Yeah. And that happened to me so much that I think I, I think it's like what I do like about Jackass is that for the most part, it seems like everyone's agreed to be on the same page with it. But like when they they drop the thing and you see Preston with his fists up, you're like, or like when they did in the fucking movie 
when they cut the lights. The silence of the lambs. And, and you're just yeah. like. I'm PTSD. Like, yeah, I think I, it's real. Oh, I For have. them. And yeah, for you. I mean, any kind of trauma that you experience, something like that, I think it it would only be natural for you to to be skittish about it happening again. You so, know? yeah. So, and I do get triggered when I watch Jackass and I watch them just very simply ordering a cup of coffee and then getting punched in the face. I go, oh, I couldn't be on that set. And and there's certain things I have to flip through. When, like in Jackass, where I just go, I, I'm not watching that. I can't watch it. I won't go into a porta potty. I would never. I would just pee outside. I would never, never. I'm so triggered by porta potties. I can't. <laughs> I can't. I'm sorry, but I I think you're right. I don't think they would fuck with me in the porta potty like like yeah. they would with Steve. It's in, inside me. I, <laughs> I got to watch this documentary. From I know Paris it looks Hilton. so good. But well, th- thank you for doing my podcast. Thank you so much for having I, me. I can't tell you what a what what a joy you brought to me these past I, today. When we watched it, and it's and I, you know, I love your your boyfriend. Aww. I absolutely, we love you, Bert. We're, I think he's great. We 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 love you very much. So, and and I would love to have what we should do is have you guys both on, and we'll just smoke blunts the whole time. Love that. Save, and let's save let's the time. do let's do a party podcast. Love that. Where I can plan it, where I don't have drama going on in my life. <laughs> let's do it. it. Let's but, plan it around the drama. So wait, tell everyone where they can find you. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Rachel Wolfson, on Twitter at Wolfie Comedy. Um, I don't use Facebook, but um, someone was trying to use my picture to scam people out of Bitcoin. So that's not me. Um, <laughs> By the way, so yeah. did, 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 did they just do that to Tom Rhodes or did he really make $10,000 on Bitcoins? Is that real? Maybe I should be scamming people for Bitcoin. Like, Guys, I just made $10,000 on Bitcoin. No. You should follow this person and they'll do it for that you too. That seems like an ad. It, it was. And I was like, did Tom really make $10,000 on Bitcoin? <laughs> he got hacked for mm. sure. He got hacked. Yeah. So wait, and, and we've got to get you on Two Girls, One Blunt. I know, right? You've got, we've got to get you on their podcast. I know. I, something so tells funny. me you guys would naturally get <laughs> hit it I feel like off. we'd hit it off. Yeah. Yeah. And shout out to Two Girls, One Blunt. I'm going to listen to their fucking podcast. And also Two Girls, One Cup. We can't leave those girls out. Two Girls, One Cup. Two Bears, One Cave. Two Bears. You know, I never realized that. Did you think that's why we called our thing? Um, I wonder, because I don't remember. I remember. I didn't put the two and two together, but I just figure anytime you see a two, a two something, one something, it's it's a playoff. Like, I didn't immediately go Two Girls, One Cup with Two Bears, One Cave. I, ne- I, I just. But that's dope. Me. It just dawned on me when I go when I said because I, I think I don't know which one of us came up with the name, but I remember where we were and we were just fantasizing about if we were gay. I love it because we're two bears. <laughs> hey, thank you for doing. Thank this. you, Bert. This episode was brought to you by The Machine.